I'm being a cop now. I'm here. I'm I offered you, you a for chance. Some help. I need to do something. I need to do this for Listen myself. Listen to me, you the fuck. I offered you a chance when we could have done something. I offered you a chance to be a cop, and you blew it. Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburn. What country you from? <laughs> what? ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding cinematic horizons. I'm your host tonight, Hydraberg, and joining me tonight are my co-hosts, Rob. Yo, what's going on, buddies? How's it going? And John. Yo, yo, what up with it? Yo, yo. Uh, we are a podcast all about uh, expanding each other's cinematic horizons, like I said. Um, you know, we, we, we recommend a movie to each other, and um, at least one or two of us maybe hasn't seen it, and we're going we're gonna to cover them and just discuss. Great and review them. And it's going to expand each person's horizons. That's right. Uh, cinematically. We, we've been doing that pretty. I, I think every movie we've done has really ex- expanded our, our cinematic. So far, life. yeah, we actually have. The, 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 we only done, this is our fourth episode. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do feel like our, our, already my cinematic horizons have been expanded. And I think we should start a drinking game for every time I say yeah, cinematic yeah. horizons. <laughs> Whoever's listening along, you can drink. Uh, but yeah, uh, tonight's episode is Copland from 1997. Uh, and this is your pick, right, Heidelberg? It is my pick, yes. Uh, why, why did you choose Copland for us? Oh, so I chose Copland. Good, 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 quick, good question, Rob. Uh, thank you. Um, why did I choose this? Uh, I chose it because I think it's a solid cop drama with an interesting premise, although like, it couldn't happen necessarily the way it does in the movie um, because of rules with NYPD. But I do think... It's it's a really cool premise and Stallone's performance among everybody else's is just something I've always remembered. It's a great yeah. ensemble cast, too. Yeah, and it's it a lesser spoken about film that I think uh, deserves, you know, some 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 eyes on it. Yeah, this might be his most. I, I think this might be his best acting for because yeah, I didn't want to jump the gun, but it, it, well, there's a discussion there about that. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, the other, like the director too. This is uh, this is his second film, the only the second film he had ever done. James Mangold, who I, I didn't realize of how many movies that he's done that I've yeah. watched, really enjoyed. I and mean, he's such a kind of like a Robert Rodriguez, a very eclectic director. Like he's done a lot of different genres and hopped around. He has. Um, he's done uh, this film, a film you uh, reviewed on your podcast, Hyderberg Identity. Identity, yeah. Yeah, uh, Walk the Line, uh, The Wolverine, and Logan. Oh, shit, Walk the Line? I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. Ford versus Ferrari, 310 to Yuma, which is a great remake of that film. He's a big Uh, fan of Westerns, too. Yes. And even the films that he's made that aren't Westerns, he he pushes, like, that that aesthetic or something from Western, like... Oh, yeah, this film film does that, too. Um, Yeah, yeah, he speaks on that in that um, interview that you sent me. Yeah, and... uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe because he's attached to it. Maybe now I'll watch it. But Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, my oh that's his. That's his movie. I've heard. I've heard a lot of mixed things about that. But uh, he, I, he was. I have a free movie. I have too. movie 
Unlimited Regal. I can go see that movie for free right now and I still have zero interest because it's two, yeah. it's two to three hours of my time that I just would rather watch something else. I went I went uh, opening opening night. My nephew wanted to go. OK, you saw it. Yeah, I saw it. You recommend it? Is it like a fun theater experience? Yeah, I'd say if you're going to watch it, watch it in the theater and, you know, because I hated Crystal Skull. Yeah, I, I refuse to acknowledge Crystal Skull's existence. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but that's not tonight's movie. Tonight's movie is yeah. top plan. But yeah, no, I just no to say though. how uh, how uh, you know he's kind of all over the place, but does he is pretty excellent in everything that he does. I, I I find all his movies extremely enjoyable. Absolutely, I feel like he could. Yeah, he can just direct anything. He's taking big budget, little budget, like, and I like that this is written by him as well. So that yeah. this was like a passion project of his. Oh yeah, uh, which I. I I appreciate it, especially since you said it was like only his like second film. So I think that's that's pretty the cast that he has in this movie. We that's got Sylvester Stallone, Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Peter Berg. We got uh, Noah Emmerich. Well, yeah, Robert Patrick, the T-1000, uh, Michael Rappaport, Janine Garofalo. We got Edie Falco before she blew up. Like there's a ton of other names. Debbie Harry's in here, too. I don't Dude, even That's remember. the yeah. part that really caught me off guard because I've I've seen a lot of movies. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm pretty familiar. There's, there's usually not a whole lot that I've just is completely blind to. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you when you brought this one up, I went to rent it. Right. Pulled it up. And I'm going through and like the, the names and the faces are popping up. And I was just like, how the fuck? I, I've, how I haven't you heard of it? Or heard of this? Like, yeah. this is insane. Cause yeah, that, that cast is not for play play. And a lot of times, sometimes you get movies where they have a big cast and you get excited about it. And then the movie's just not that great. And like the acting might be good, but like maybe the directing wasn't there or the writing was off. And sure. so like the guys that you see together that you want to see play together, the toys you want to see play together, you know what I mean? They're yep. just off. But this movie, I feel like everybody delivers, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's not a failed performance in, in this in this film, even in like the small like side roles. Like, yeah, Janine Garofalo and like uh, the uh, who plays the other sheriff? Um, I think it's Noel Emmerich. Yeah, yeah. Noel Emmerich. And he's yeah, a deputy he's a Bill Gaisler. Yeah, he's a character actor. He was in like the Truman Show. He's a character actor mm-hmm. in a whole bunch of these like films that we all know and, and TV shows as well. And he's he's solid too. Like, in you you feel that these are real characters with like real relationships and like they all know each other and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, had, it's, had of, which like had either of you guys seen it? Both it was new to both of you guys or new to me too. That's what I like. I like I like if we can get a get recommend each time where two of us haven't seen. The film so that way yeah. it's like at least we get one fresh eye but you know what i mean it's good to have two sets really i think it it'll make for a better conversation when we review the movie for sure yeah, i I, I was surprised how many fucking sopranos actors were in this fucking oh, show. Yeah. the sopranos came out too holy shit yeah, yeah. Man. the uh paulie's in there too he's got yeah. a always in the pictures you know yeah oh yeah yeah that's right i was like oh yeah this yeah the mobster that like ray is is attached to well even the uh i don't you guys i don't know if you guys caught it but even the fucking uh the chef oh shit i feel terrible what's his name in the sopranos oh yeah he was in the background he's one yeah he's in like three or four shots and i was like oh shit there was a yeah there's like six sopranos characters in this uh before we get too far into it i gotta give the synopsis yep and a spoiler warning we're gonna spoil (laughs) this film I'll give you a synopsis and then we can get into our thoughts. The sheriff of a suburban New Jersey community populated by New York City police officers slowly discovers the town is a front for mob connection and corruption. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, this. 
so right off the bat i have a question for you guys like shoot it i was thinking about that because we do get like kind of the um the the premise of like what this town is like and how these all these cops you get that intro from de niro yeah yeah uh, but the question I have is, do you guys think that these cops that created this, you know, Copland and uh, Garrison, were they always corrupt from the very beginning? Or was that something that as as time went on to protect their way of life, they became corrupt to protect that? And so sure. that's why they almost became like mobsters themselves. And, you know, instead of actual cops, because it seems like the way the movie plays out, I'm not really sure exactly. What What do you guys think? I don't know. So it, it's a small town set up in Garrison, New Jersey, which is a fictional area of New Jersey. It's on the water um, right by the, what, the uh, GW? Yeah, uh, George Washington, yeah, George Washington Bridge. Bridge. And um, it's basically a, like a safe place for the cops to raise their families and, you know, enjoy life outside of the city. They're not supposed to be, but they found a loophole through uh what are they they're regular cops that have uh somehow called themselves transit cops and that's allowed them to live outside of the city limits yeah um so that's the unbelievable part a little bit too so i get it that maybe they created this town and then the mob kind of got hold of them or was the town created with the mob because their houses are mortgaged through the mob right right that was my understanding because in the speech that uh de niro gives in the beginning talks about getting like shady loans for them to be able to to host to have the land yeah and so it was my understanding that they the mob is the one who fronted this whole operation from the beginning yeah so ray basically he created the deal right and, and then now and as then far started as like, recruiting cops into moving into this area. Exactly. Exactly. Through, through, yeah. Through his uh, precinct or whatever. Yeah. Cause I, cause my, my understand, like how I thought of it was, is that cause I, the idea of not living like where you're, you're working, especially for cops, cause it, it's dangerous for their families and stuff. You know, yeah. They, you don't want to live right like on top of where that they have a grudge, you know, they get out of jail. It's like, I'm going to get, you know, such and such police officer, you know, like, and take him and his family out. So it's understandable that you want to live in a place that's going to be safe for your family or whatever. And maybe to do, you know, the, the intentions were good, but you to, uh, to make that a reality, you cut some corners and you start having to make deals with people that you wouldn't otherwise want to be indebted to, which is what happens here. And then the idea of corruption spreading in a town like this makes sense to me. Like it could, even if it came in later, but I, yeah. But what it seems, it seems like the way it's set up is like this whole community was created with the mob in mind from the, yeah. from the beginning. And uh, that's, that's, okay. how All right. that's how Ray was able to get it done. And then yeah. he basically included other cops. Hey, I have this little like this piece of land, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to, you know, and then set them up. And then and then once that was happening, then they're all in on it. And they have to play nice with the mob because now they're in debt. You know, they're in fucking bed with the mob. So, right. I wish this film had a little bit more of the mob element. We don't really get a lot of it. We get the phone call, yeah, you know, super yep. whatever, and we get the guy from the PDA, the president or whatever, who gets the case taken care of. Like, but we don't really ever see Ray sitting down with anybody too much, or which is okay, I guess. I just it, it might have been nice for a scene, but maybe it would have felt out of place too. Uh, because the the PDA guy and the 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 phone call that's the same. That's the same that's one. The same dude, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's because he. Uh, yeah, that's really that's really it. Yeah. So we get the bar early on. Um, yep. The four aces. 
And it's interesting. Yeah, the four aces, right? And it's interesting. Like, I just kind of like that we we go back there several times throughout the film. And there's just like, there's some interesting banter always going on there. There's good writing with the characters, yeah. what they're doing there. I don't, I never understood like people hanging out at a bar all the time, though. Like, Word. I don't know. For me. Oh, it, just, it, like, it, it I know happens. people do it. I know it does. I drive so, past the same bar by my house all the time. And I see the same people outside of it all the time. So, like, I know that that's their frequent place when they're not home. But, um, yeah. So, like, there's some shady shit going on early on. Yep. Right? We see Freddy's playing. Freddy is our main guy. He's our guy, right? He's the good guy, basically. He's the sheriff of the town of Garrison. He is not NYPD. Um, and he's, you know, he just basically does, like, clean up and stuff, basically, in the town. It's a very quiet town. It's cops. Nobody's coming there to fuck around. Um, but we find out that the cops are the biggest issue here in the town. Right. But, um, so, yeah, we see early on Berta and Gary. They're up to some shit and like Freddy's kind of watches, but just like kind of just curious while he's playing the pinball game. Right. And I just like that the pinball game like kind of tells us what we need to know. It says the pinball tells him when he when he loses in that moment because he's looking over at them. Yeah. It says you have no, have authority. no authority. And I just kind of <laughs> like, love that, like, sort of speaking on it. Like, yeah, he's a local cop around bigger things. You know what I mean? Like outside yeah. of home. And yeah, he has no authority really over the people. He's just sort of placed there for, you know, just for the image of right aesthetic purposes. What we we find out, too, from the movie is that he was like hand selected by these cops to be the sheriff of this town. Like he was, quote unquote, voted in to be the sheriff that protects Garrison, though there's really nothing for him to do. I mean, because he he was a guy that they knew wanted to be a cop. And we find yeah. out that he has a hearing injury that um, he gains, like uh, very similar to um, I don't know if you guys have seen It's a Wonderful Life, but it's the same type of injury that the main character of that film gets saving his brother from like uh, from drowning in uh, like a frozen lake. Yeah. So, yeah, he loses his hearing in one of his ears. And so it pressure on the ear. Yeah. yeah. Ear canal, whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, and actually, it's funny, uh, Stallone, for his performance, the, the the one thing that he did is he gained 40 pounds of fat for this role. So he would yeah, look yeah. more normal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think he looks great. Like, I just, no, he does. He uh, he called it. Uh, he did a lot of uh, cheesecake therapy. <laughs> I <hate laughs> yeah, I get that. Like, that sounds delicious. Oh, bro. I uh, I heard it was disgusting. Uh, Christian Bale talking about uh, the Oh, when he played um, Batman? No, the uh, the mo- the, mo- the mob movie. Oh, the Machinist. No, no, the where he like he's he's in the he's 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 the Italian guy and he he has the chick. American Hustle. Um, yes. Holy fuck. Oh yeah. Oh god. So he, he talks about getting stuff. ready for that role, and he said he would like microwave a pint of Ben and Jerry's yeah, ice yeah, cream. And he would just drink it. And then, yeah, and he would just fucking drink yeah. like a pint. Because of he couldn't Jerry's stomach like eating that much ice cream. But if he drank it, it was easier to just put down fast. Yeah, dude. That's, that's like that's... over a thousand calories right there. Just boom. dog is just crushing. Ben and dude, yeah, I know. And then when, he, when he was the machinist, all he did was eat like a fucking apple a day. Right. The opposite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. He puts his body through some shit. Jeez. Um, so that just made me think of that. No, definitely. I get it. Like, and I, I appreciate that commitment to a role when an actor does something like that. Like you can easily put a fat suit on, I'm sure, but like it looks right. realistic. And and I feel like the character of Freddie is very genuine in this movie. He stares yeah. longingly at New York City as he's driving home, uh, drunk from the um from the, the four aces. Uh yeah. 
he, he opens one of the meters to get more coins for the fucking <laughs> yeah. machine because he can because he's got it like that. But yeah, yeah and then and Gary kind of shuffles them off, mainly so that like, he doesn't see any more of the shady shit that Gary's up to. But we also see that Gary cares somewhat for like he he's he's very nice to Freddie. And we Absolutely. see later on that he treats him with respect. He, yeah, he's very real to him. And I appreciate that because everybody sort of talks down to Freddie in the town because they're he's sort of lackey. They um, do, but I feel like Ray has respect for him and yeah. like him. You know what I mean? Because Ray, I, there's a point where Ray brings it up uh, and he, he talks to him about how he was hand selected. And to me, I got it as kind of like uh, it was the hookup from some friends because, it, you know, he wanted to be a cop, couldn't do it. And so, you know, they know him. They're like, oh, you know, he seems so like a good guy under their thumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if it was like an intentional thing. Like they knew that that's how it would be with him. Like to me, it seemed more like he they were they were all tight. And then as things progressed, it the kind of chips fell where they were, if that makes sense. Like like, oh, that's just fucking Freddy. Yeah, we own him at this point. Yeah, because you see, like he really wishes he could have been a new uh, city officer. Yeah, him like looking over at the city as he's driving home, and then he he crashes his fucking car. He you know swerves to miss a deer, and he crashes his squad car. And then the movie cuts to uh, we get Murray Babbage who's driving home from a bachelor party, which was mentioned yep. earlier on in the bar in Garrison. Which I kind of like the connection, like the way the movie flows too. Like people were like, "Oh, where is?" Uh, Freddie was like asking, "Like where is everybody?" Or, or yeah, uh, like, oh, they're yeah. all up. Yeah, and Freddie says they're all up at that bachelor party in the city. Yeah, and so then we cut to that later, and then we get Babbage, which is uh, Murray Michael Rappaport's character, and he's like a young cop, um, just uh, like on the come up. You know what I mean? He recently did something very heroic. Superboy. Really go into it? Yeah, but he saved like a bunch of little kids in like the the projects or something. It seems, and like everybody's like you know. I guess celebrating him or and somebody else or whatever else is going on. Um, so he decides to, you know, head home. Obviously he should be driving, but he is, he's a cop. So we get the other cops in the parking lot. They're getting fucked up and like yakking up their drinks. Um, yep. Robert Patrick. And uh, I forgot the other actor's name. He plays, uh, ah, uh, what was the dude? He's like a mobster in a lot of films. Yeah. He, uh, hold on a second. Let me pull up the, uh, so it's I think Patrick that was uh, Torella. Yeah. Plays um... Frank, right? Yeah, I think that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Arthur Nascarella, Officer Frank Lagonda. Those two are like tight. Uh, uh, What's his name? Frank and um, uh, what's Robert Patrick's name? Uh, Jack Rucker. Jack. Yeah. Jack Rucker. So they're kind of tight. And they they tell Murray like, hey, drive safe, blah, blah. blah. And then um, so Murray drives on the road. He hits on he hits the uh, George Washington Bridge, which is there's no cars at all on it, which is very I, I live in New York. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that was like only um, two cars on the fucking bridge in the middle of the night in the city. No way, please. But fine, I'll I'll suspend disbelief. Um, so he's driving down the road and we see he gets clipped. Right, he's kind of just driving, you know, trying to keep his eyes on the road. He looks a little sleepy. Oh, he happened to put his gun on the side of the seat because he had pulled it out when he heard a noise when he found those two cops throwing up. Right. Yeah. So he puts the gun so it's readily available. It's right next to him, and he gets clipped by these guys. And he, when he pulls up to them and tells them to pull over, one of them's carrying the 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 jack or whatever that um, the club, tire iron, yeah, the club from the uh, steering wheel from the because it's a stolen car. They're joyriding. Yeah. And he points it at him, and his tire blows out. So Murray, thinking that he was just shot at, fires at them. And that scene, the way it plays out, is really it it it's like kind of powerful. 
he shoots his gun. You think like, oh, what are you going to do? And he hits him. And then there's this spin out out of nowhere. And then this fucking impact of his car hitting their car. And I think it's just a really cool scene the way it plays. And then it's a loud noise and we pan off. We don't see what happened right away. And then we pan off down off the bridge to our boy, Freddie. Right. And just kind of looking up there. He doesn't realize what he just saw, but he's looking at the bridge. Yes. Yeah. Like, connection. I like the way they mangled like connects that scene, the accident to back to Freddie. Totally. I what I liked about this, how this scene was set up, too, because when he when um, Superboy he pulls off, he runs over like a bot, like a like a broken bottle. Mm-hmm. And that's what initially causes the puncture in his tire. He doesn't oh. realize it. Yeah. You know, and, I don't even think about it because I don't. Yeah. And so when uh, when and he's already drunk. So like you're so he's he's probably really tired. He's been drinking a lot. And so when that kid points something at him, like he sees the gun and he hears the bang of the tire blowing yeah. out. So he's thinking he's being shot at. And then he goes up by the car, shoots at them. This is what Freddie's seeing on like what's going on. He doesn't know what's happening on the bridge, but he hears all that, all the sounds. And that's uh, he does hear it. He's only got one ear. Yeah. Well, he has his good ear pointed at the. uh, (laughs) the I don't think he does. I think he's in his own moment at that moment, like because that's who Freddie is. Sure. as, As observant as we want him to be at first. Right. right. I think that accident's happening separately, but it's close enough that we can pan off to him. But I don't think he's aware that it happened at all because he just crashed his car. He's just embarrassed about what happened to him at the moment. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're that's, right about that's that. That's how I took the scene, at least. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's happening right in front of him, but he's not aware of it. Right. But yeah, no, it just. Uh, but yeah, that's how that scene was set up. So it's like in the only reason that I caught that 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 moment where he runs over that broken bottle you know, I that was like the third time. I was like, "Oh shit!" He runs over that thing. That's what causes the blowout and causes That's a good like, connection. Actually, this whole scenario. Yeah. I didn't put it together only because I never really attribute glass as something that pops tires. But it could if you had popped the bottle the right way and like the bottom of the bottle, sure, got, or like yeah. a decent amount of shard had gotten stuck in the tire, and then through you know rolling on the bridge, something. right? Even even if it just you know makes it a, a potential weak spot, and then yeah. the guy gets sideswiped, yeah. and then they're you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it could definitely stack up. Uh, that was weird. good, yeah. Because I now that you're saying it, I watched it twice, and there they they do kind of focus in on the, the yeah they do yeah. I just took uh-huh. it as sort of set dressing, like oh, he's outside the bar and like there's sure beer bottles outside, but that's that's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. So we that get was- the accident happens, um, and then. There's the investigation. We get to see the cops that show up, which were most of the cops that were drunk at the, at the bachelor, bachelor party. party. Yeah, yeah of course. the first ones on the scene, which is highly unethical. First of all, yeah, right. they're not like if you're from a precinct, they're supposed to send a cop from another precinct. As far as I know, like it's just because oh. of these these type of issues, like because you don't want people in, that are investigating your crime or helping mm-hmm. out on the crime. Obviously, first responder type stuff. That's fine. But right. Um, from what I know is because there's issues, you know, with that conflict. Yeah. But, well, yeah. and I think they, they mentioned about nobody else being able to get there at the time, too, because of like gridlock. Right. They're like, oh, no, no. Uh, what is that guy? He he says something to him. He's like, uh, I can't keep people. Oh, we're lucky enough that the media is not uh, here because we're gridlocked. And... Because the bridge is like empty. Right. <laughs> during the incident. Like if it's gridlock, that would have had bumper to bumper fucking traffic or at least people flowing. Yeah, there yeah. would have been no way for them to just be have two cars on the road. I mean, I've driven in the city late night too, and there's normally at least a couple still. It's a big fucking city, man. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, it services the scene to not have little cars yeah. there, so it's like intimate and and desolate. And I I do like it. It it, it works for the scene. The scene's really good. Um, 
but yeah, so the, the dudes show up and everybody's kind of asking him what happened. And then we find out, we see a lot of the, the, the crew here show up. Uh, we get to see Ray Liotta's character who happens an uncle through marriage. And uh, basically they cover up what happened to him. He, you know, because he's heroic and had his moment in the, in the spotlight recently. And also because of, you know, they, they don't want any spotlight on them. The community, Ray Liotta, everything that, you know, like all of this stuff. So they try to cover it up. And um, Jack's character, uh, Robert Patrick's character, uh, goes to plant a gun that he gets from, uh, what was it, Kragsky? Yeah. 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 He Kragsky's says, get the black gun. He gives him the keys, yeah, which is in the fucking trunk. Uh, because they realize that, like, there is no gun, kid. Like, you were, you didn't see right. And, you know, the tire popped, you got scared, and you shot two innocent kids. But they're not innocent, necessarily. They, they have a criminal record. They were in a stolen car. We can but nothing that would spin be require this. them being shot at. Exactly. So we right, can, right. But we can spin this. We can save you, you know, the, the problems that you're going to hit with this thing. But Michael Rappaport's character is like bugging out. He's like, we don't have to do it this way. Oh, like, yeah. It was a mistake. Like, I'll talk, you know, I'll just tell him what really happened, blah, blah, blah which is like, yeah, you pr- you should have. Um, which speaks to the I character would... a lot because, you know, the, the whole time he's like they're calling him Superboy. He did this thing. He saved children. He's and then and then even in the moment when he's jammed up, He's still like, no, no, yeah. do, you let's can tell do, he's let's... so green. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that he's a good cop? Yeah, a thousand percent. I think he's a new cop who means well. I don't know that he's good at his job, um, but I think he means to be good. I mean, obviously, he saves some kids. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, like, do you think like he's at, like he has like the right heart? Like he wants to do the at right this thing? moment. Yeah, I think so. I just think he's like he's not aware of anything. He's so young and like, yeah. He's... I, I took him as straight up the, a good guy, like yeah, yeah, guy, a, bad guy, like he's driving. he was driving like a Honda Accord from like the like, yeah. Like he hadn't even come up as far as like making money and stuff. He was new sure. to, this, but yeah, yeah, he's already making a name for himself by saving some kids. It shows that he has heart, like you said, John. He's right, to character. Uh, but yeah, so we see the EMT sees this <laughs> as he's yeah. yeah as he's planning the gun, which was. I, I understand why you would. I mean, it's first of all, you're putting like a Mac 11 down there, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was not a small pistol. <laughs> no, well, it I, wasn't. Yeah. I think that they, uh, the reason I think they use that gun for like, for that scene is because in the hallucination, that's kind of, I think that's the gun that we see the, the guy and uh, the guy pull or what we think or what our, uh, what sure, it resembles the, the law. It's, it's not a hallucination though. Like he, you clearly see it. It's a fucking club. It's the club that he really? points. No, 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 it no, no. looks he, like a gun. Cause I thought we were seeing it from, uh, no, from no, 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 no. It's always, it's always, no, you see the elements of like the sound effects of the tire popping, him being hit with the car. He's drunk. Yeah. Uh, all those are at play. But really? when the kid actually sticks the thing out the window, it's the club, man. You it is the club. Really? I, I, I pause um because like I said, I had to watch it a second time. On the what second time said? watching it, I paused it to make sure because I thought the same thing, Rob. And uh I paused it. It was like, oh shit, yeah, it's definitely one of those like steering wheel locks. Yeah, that, okay, wow. Yeah, I, I totally missed that. I I totally bought that, like because I thought we were seeing it through Superboy's perspective and his drunkenness. Well, and they like, are oh, in a sense, but there's no difference of like picture like what he's seeing is still what is really happening right we just know you know we have more information we know that he's been drinking we know that the tire didn't pop from a gunshot right like but we understand like why he thought it did but yeah okay Okay. just the club from and i remember the commercials for that thing all the time like hell yeah (laughs) you acted like you could like put this on your on your fucking steering wheel there's no way it'll get stolen ever yeah Yeah, people would put other steering wheels on instead oh yeah yep (laughs) but yeah (laughs) 
No, so like you know, he was not necessarily in the right to shoot, but in his mind he was. But in his mind, right. he it was clouded because he was drunk. So yeah, yep. driving home in the first place. But the EMT sees that shit. Yeah, and he fucking grabs the gun. because yeah. conf- the co- Robert Patrick's character is like, "We got it, we got it," and he's yeah. like, "Bro, the fuck that thing." He's like, "What the fuck are you doing, dog?" Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "That was like because they were the first ones on the scene. They checked the fucking car, not for guns, but they would have seen that because they're right. checking what's going on. They saw the club in his hand, which which Jack's character Jack removes a little bit, so it looks more like he could have been holding a gun instead. But yeah, oh man, it's all it shady." Is. And the They're EMT real is not shit. standing for it. And also the EMT, I think he's like, um, I think he's a uh, Latin actor. So there's also like the race relations issue going yep, on. That's there what I was too. thinking the same thing there too. Playing into New York City during the late 90s. So there's like, you know, and like he's a cop and he's the EMT. And he's like, no way, you're not going to fucking just plant that shit on these young black kids and try and fucking like take them, you know, and make this white dude, white cop look like a hero. Like no way. And yeah. so he's so frustrated by what he saw that he takes the fucking gun and throws it off the bridge. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking ballsy. Yeah, yeah it is. for sure. Interfering in an investigation, like you could lose your job for that. You can go to jail. Yeah, you gotta be pretty sure. You gotta be pretty sure when you're standing on your nuts like that, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> this fight that breaks out, and during that ruckus, they're able to hide the kid and pretend like he jumped off the bridge. Oh my god, he jumped. <laughs> and that is basically like our that's our main catalyst for the entire film. Like, is that moment? Yep. That's but I it. think it's also um, curious because that's we also kind of know that Freddie is watching the bridge. So like, he's like, uh, it's like somebody jumped off there. I would have seen that. See, yeah, one thousand percent. He would have gone seen. at that moment. Like Freddie was there at the bridge when the accident happens. But then you got to figure there's time that went past since the MTs got there and since the other cops got there. I think at that point Freddie got picked up by Neil. Sure. You think so? Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, I don't think for like, I, you, it seems like you think that Freddie's like aware of what's going on in that bridge. I don't think so at all. Well, that's okay. an interesting thought process because that's definitely, I, I, I thought very similar to that. And I, I figured that's why he knew jumping ahead a little bit. I figured that's why Freddie knew he didn't jump that he had him off. Well, of, he sees uh, him in the backseat of the car though, when he pulls them over. Yeah. 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 That, okay. So he did see him then. Yeah. He sees him. Clear he sees dead. him for sure. He sees him in the car. I yeah, just they think pull him, that... they pull. They who does it? They he pulls over Ray and Jack in the yep. car later, um, because they're going way too fast, right? And seventy one, yeah, yeah. And that scene with him and Cindy, yep, yeah, Cindy Cindy Rock, yeah. character like there's some camaraderie there with them. Also, we see early on when when uh, no uh, no uh, deputy, uh, no Emmerich's Bill. character, yeah, uh, deputy uh, Geyser Geisler. Yeah brings him back to the precinct or whatever. Like he covers up for him. He's like, Oh, I told, I told them that you were chasing the speeder. He brings him some supplies, some food. Like, yeah, no, like his employees, Freddie's employees, like respect him. Definitely. They, they like, they like the guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. And he's talking to Cindy and we can see right from there that like a pushover though, because one car goes by, he lets, Oh, that's so-and-so who is he going to pull over in a town filled with cops? Right. Yeah. Nobody. Like Janine Garofalo says, well, who do we have to pay? all our crime is, you know, any tickets we give are going to be cops. Right. Yeah. 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 So they pull over. They pull. <laughs> I never got like Ray is so ballsy that like, wouldn't you just drive the limit? You got a fucking kid in the back. That yeah. You got to do all yeah. this. Are you doing there? 70 in the middle of the morning? Like, well, when- I think he's like, he thinks that like, oh, Freddie's not going to do anything. Just like yeah. you can go as fast as you fucking want. Well, like, just 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 that one moment that, you know, where Freddie's going to be and then just go back to 70. Yeah. Anyway, so they pull him over. The kids in the back seat, and yeah, they're fuck. They're they're both pricks to fucking 
Oh yeah. Garofalo's character, like sex. Hey there, sugar tits. You know, it's like yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, hey, sweetheart. <laughs> I got something for you right here, sweetheart. Went to yeah, they really fucked up, and like Frank <laughs> plays it off, and like it's kind of fucked up because you know that like Cindy respects him in a sense, but then doesn't because of like that's geez. what I was gonna say. That that interaction to me made it seem more like he kind of like like she was fed up with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when she walks away, when he's like he's like. Oh, you know, he tells her to go back to the car, essentially. Right. He's just like, it's all good. And then she kind of has a pop about it. And it's like, uh, I, I, I took that for, oh, he's, he's, he's losing her kind of thing. Like she, she's, she's fed up with it. Yeah. Like he's a good guy, but like, he doesn't have any balls. And right. Right. Like, I want to be a cop. You know what I mean? Like these guys were doing something wrong. And then when I approached them as an officer, they did totally disrespect me and I have no fucking authority. And you backed them. Yeah, and you back them, and then, like, they talk... Not even that, but there's, like... Okay, you let them go, that's one thing. But they talk to her like a piece of shit. Like, right, the blatant disrespect. So, like, yeah, I get it. Like, I totally get... She, rightfully so, she's fucking pissed off and, like, losing right. respect for Freddie, and I get that. And I think Freddie knows that, too. Like, Yeah. He, so, Mangold said that the turtle that plays a role in this film, the stuffed turtle, is yeah. Yeah. a metaphor, too, for how he described... He told Stallone to act. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did Both talk alone. Basically, like you're a turtle in this film because he's thinking like, you know, you're never going to lead a conversation or anything. like you're not that guy. Like the other characters in this film are those guys. Those are the guys. Those are the ballsy police, New York NYPD. But you're Freddie and Freddie's more like reserved and like. So you're a turtle. You're basically sticking your head in your shell. And when most times he's non-confrontation. We he's see not. He's, this is not John Rambo. No, yeah. not at all. And that's what I love about the the role for Stallone. It's so subdued to compared to what we normally see in Mm. 1997. This dude's coming off a cliffhanger, fucking demolition man. Like dude, demolition man's a bang. He can write his, uh, his own checks and he chose to do Copland because he wanted to do something different. He, he realized that he said in that interview that I haven't really done anything like emotional, like where I had to work with my emotions since like first blood, you know, he was really excited to work with De Niro as well. Oh, who wouldn't be? Yeah, oh, Bob. Yeah, Bob. You guys know each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, that's my buddy Bobby De Niro. Yeah, we're you know we're best friends. Yeah, hey, old Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we see. Speaking of like just Freddie's character, like we see him in his office, um, and he's like staring longingly outside. We see Liz, and we realize who Liz is, right? Because we saw earlier. I thought, uh, no, maybe it's after this where we see why. Um, so Liz is the woman that he saved. He was yeah. hanging out under the bridge. Uh, eating, you know, I guess that's what you do. You eat a sandwich, read a book and eat an apple or something. Right. And she happened to crash her car off the bridge. Yep. And it was submerging and he saved her. Yeah. Selflessly. And then so ever since he's had a thing for her, too. And she has the stuffed turtle on her rooftop as she's putting her kid in the minivan, picking her up from school. Yep. Forgets it on the roof and it falls off. And so Freddie, Freddie, he basically like walks outside to go find the turtle, I guess. Like, that's his motive at that moment. Yeah. And Liz is married, what, Joey Randone? He's like a city cop also. That guy's a dickhead. He is a dickhead. And I like Freddie and Liz's relationship. I think it's complicated, but I like that for for the narrative. And I I, I like it for their characters. Like, it makes their past together seem genuine. And I'm a romantic at heart, so I kind of like that whole, like, yeah, Freddie, this is the one for you. Like, yeah, she's with somebody else, but she got away, but like, I get it. I get pining for her. Yeah. yeah. 
And I'm also kind of glad that they, I don't know if they end up together. Like there's, there's clearly like a moment where like, yeah, they're not really. They have moments where they connect. There's a moment where she comes over the house uh, and they kiss and she tenderly touches his face and he looks like he came in his pants. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I get it. Like, trust me, I get it. Like, you know, Liz is hot. She's your girl. I totally get it. Like that's yeah. his, he's in his fucking like home right there when she's touching him. Like that's the yeah. life he, lives. he wants to come home every day to, I get that. Um, but then there's another moment where she puts him in his place later on after her husband's passed away. Yeah. Bro, I just realized where I, this Peter bird guy, Joe, he's the he's director now too. He's the brother who can't read in Corky Romano. Right. Oh, is so, that him? I think so. Right. A movie. I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, because they have the two brothers. The one, the one's gay. The other one can't read. The mob son. That shit is up. That's that's for sure where he is. That's all. Big. uh, He he directs a lot of films. Oh really? Yeah. He's he's become a big director over time. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, he directs a lot of shit actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, you should check out his filmography. I can't tell you exactly. uh, We could we could look it up real quick. Just if you want to go on a tangent. <laughs> uh let's see but, yeah i mean he, no relation to me by the way bird yeah, bird, yeah. Bird, young bird oh, wow. yeah. He's, uh... lone survivor oh, collateral oh no he's in collateral let me see directing he's directed a bunch of stuff actually i know him more for directing than acting now yeah that's lone survivor uh the leftovers the some... he did the rundown oh, friday the night lights deep water Han- oh he did hancock oh wow Polly yeah, Romano. <laughs> oh God! It seems he really likes working with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, it's, uh... there's a lot of Wahlberg films in here. Yeah, whatever. Now, all right. Now that I've completely derailed your conversation, it's all good. Uh, so let me just jump back on. Anyway, uh, yeah. Where was I? Oh, so Mo Tilden. That's when Mo Tilden shows up in in their town. Yep. Yep. And he is played by Robert De Niro, and he is like the internal affairs guy. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. guessing, right? Because um, we we start off with like so right after the the scene like where we have the uh, that scene where uh, he Motilden and his partner they're in inve- they're investigating what happened on the on the yeah. bridge. Yeah, it's like speak. you better start fucking talking. They speak <laughs> right. to the EMT. Yeah, and a couple of the cops. Yeah, on the scene that night. The one black cop that they talked to, he's uh, like a character actor, like most famously, you probably remember him from uh, uh, The King of Queens. Oh, okay, he was a neighbor. He was a friend. Yeah. The yep. guy who worked for UPS with him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, shit, yeah. I know he looked familiar. I couldn't place it. But yeah, that, now I know. That's exactly where he was from. Yeah. In my yeah. mind, I couldn't place it there. But I was like, this guy looks familiar. <laughs> it's a long time after that, though. Or, well, King of Queens was a while after that. Yeah. But yeah, so like Mo Tilden's in town poking around. And he talks to Freddie and Ray and the boys think there's a rat. They, he talks to Ray also. And it's just like fishy that he's in town, right? Like, cause they know like that if he's in the town, like obviously he's looking into them. There's no hiding. I have a feeling they've been in that Motilden has been investigating these costs yeah, for, I know he for has. a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. He has. Miles, he he has. That with the file stack scene, like yeah. he definitely has, but just how fucking ignorant do you have to be? To, to not think that IA would be looking at you when in, in a town like that, where you've, this is now the fucking third event where somebody has gone MIA off of some some shit. Yeah. And it's like, dog, yeah, of course, people are going to be here to ask questions like the fuck. What? Like, why? why? I don't know why you would not think that. You know what I mean? And I like the way De Niro plays that character. 
he's just so like matter of fact, like he doesn't fucking skirt around issues. Right. Beat around the bush, man. He'll just call you out on some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also kind of an interesting role for De Niro, too, because it's it's kind of a little bit different than he usually plays things as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah just he's not, not the main character in the movie either. It's not. Yeah, just, it's 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 Stallone's film. Yeah, it's it, but I just like I, I, I like how everyone's kind of doing something different from what they normally do as an actor. Like, you know, oh, yeah, we I, I know Stallone. I know De Niro. I know these guys. But then it's like, oh, wait, but they're doing something different that it's not. It's not, oh, here we go. Here's another Stallone film like John Rambo is going to kick some cop, you know, copland ass. It's like, no, that's actually, about Ray, really. I mean, not really. Well, uh, Ray Liotta kind of is playing the same type. Of, <laughs> I love his character, though. I think yeah, I do. I enjoyed him quite a bit. And he's Ray Liotta's character for sure. Yeah, sick. Gary. He's got like a complexity to him that I, I enjoyed. And he treats Freddie, like I said, with respect and he treats him real. Well, it seems like he's trying to do it with everybody. It doesn't seem like he wants a beef. It doesn't like like no, when yeah. the whole time when he sits down with Ray in that one scene and he's like, yo, don't fucking freeze me out, dog. Like, what are we? Yeah. He, it, he doesn't seem like he's against anybody. Like, he just seems like, you know, he's kind of a crazy cokehead who's who's got yeah, some shit got a, going got on. A drug problem. He was also we, we hear that he was he's undercover. So like he's not right. Right. Um, you know, beat cop like the rest of them. So like he's been around all this, like the drugs and stuff like that. And that's probably how he got hooked on some of this. Yeah. Stuff. Right. God, he, he the, the one thing I'll say about Ray Liotta, does he play a great like drug addict? I mean, he, like oh, the way the zane, <laughs> like the intensity that he delivers. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He always has that like he gets that like uh, I mean, it's also the makeup effects too. But like he ha- gets that like pale look, and he looks sweaty and kind of just oh yeah, gets that pale look really like he's been on, yeah. and he gets yeah. in the face too. Yeah, and he's talking. He's a close talker. It seems and like like the entire third act of fucking Goodfellas. He just yeah, looks. Like yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. it's so great. Uh, fuck. There was something else I wanted to mention. But, oh, we talked about characters being like people being outside of their character, but like Harvey Keitel, I feel like just shows up and plays Harvey Keitel. Well, that is also true. <laughs> like he's just like, yeah. I'm, hey, we've been up all night dealing with the thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's great, uh, dude. Because this is like the second half of Keitel's career. Like, I mean, he's kind of like on because uh, he's much older now. But like there was a this time in post, the 70s. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because there was a time in the 70s like where, you know, he was pretty big. You know, he was in Scorsese's first film, Mean Streets. Taxi Driver. Yeah, Taxi Driver, stuff like that. And then Mortal there was a lot. And so it was Tarantino that brought kind of brought him back, um, you know, to fame with Reservoir Dogs. And yeah, it's kind of like. Harvey Keitel kind of ended up playing that type of character in these, you know, films yeah. past that point, which Bad is fun. It's great. I fucking love him as in um, Reservoir Dogs, by the way. Just on a He's quick awesome. Break. Have you guys seen Mortal Thoughts? No, I've heard of it. That's a dope ass movie. Well, put it on your list. I, I think I'm going to have to. Uh, if you both haven't seen it, that's Harvey Keitel. He plays I don't like know this, if I've uh, seen it, but I would detective. like to. Yeah, I dig Harvey Keitel. So anything that's like queuing me in on something that I haven't seen of his. Definitely, man. That's what we're yeah. all about here at Cinema Goes. Boom, adding it to the list. Boom. I just mentioned the podcast in the podcast. That's like the movie being the movie name being mentioned in the that's, movie. That's just meta right there. Fucking meta, bro. Right? So meta. <laughs> we got five stars now on fucking Spotify because of how meta we are. <laughs> but yeah, like we said, Ray Liotta's character, amazing. Yeah. He's got a coke problem, but he still seems like a great guy. He's up to some shady shit with Berta. But he like he lives in this town. He plays by the rules somewhat, but he doesn't he doesn't subscribe to the, all the same bullshit as like 
fucking raise lackeys. He's he's not I one of those. He's not a Jack. He's not fucking Frank. Right. He's like yeah. his own guy. I think my based off of how the movie plays out, I think the his um something happened like where like yeah, he said he's not part of that same group. Like he's kind of he's done stuff with them. Well, the to, stuff with Tony. What yeah. happened to Tony? That's what caused the divide. Right. right. So no, Tony was in a similar situation back in the day where he he got in trouble for something. He was he chokeholded uh, a person and was going to trial. And before mm-hmm. he could talk about anything, he was killed. Yeah, right. Because Figsy was trying to he was trying to get out. That's why that's why he it's was like getting his detonators house. from uh, the bomb squad lady it was Edie yeah. Falco's character. Because he was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy this house, collect the insurance money, and get the fuck out of here. That was the mob would have been after him, though, right? Like, so, like but here's well, here's the thing, though. But that's why it was it had to look like it was like an electrical fire, nothing bad happened. But he's still taking the money and, from the check. No, which they but I think what I think what it was is part of that was gonna go to pay off the whatever he was left on what he owed the mob. Okay. He was gonna take the rest of that money and get the fuck out of there. That was his, that was it. And um, the unfortunate part is that he didn't know that his girlfriend yeah. was there. And so like I said, his whole motivation is she's trying to get away from these guys. Cause he doesn't trust them anymore. Cause he's seen like all of a sudden, you know, so-and-so disappeared. They're killed in prison. They're this, this guy is disappearing. I feel like his drug problem probably started after he lost his partner. You know what I mean? Like after yeah, I think partner, so and that caused a divide with Ray and Ray's guys. Cause he knew that Ray, like he, he knew what happened to his partner and he had to keep quiet yeah. about it. Oh, for sure. Because then he tells Ray, he's like, yeah, that's why you sit with your fucking back to him. To the wall, yeah. You can't even look yeah. at him. And he show so Ray gets, Gary gets into, I want to call him Ray, but he's, his real name is Ray, but not the character. Gary, is, he's so high strung when he's at the bar and he gets into it with uh, Jack's character. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's that. a great exchange. Now that, that was probably one of my favorites. Yeah. It is. It's really, it's, it's a, it's a fun, it like, dart up his fucking nose. Yeah. Like a gun gets brandished, I guess, uh, by Jack. Right. But then. Yeah. Leota just pins him against the wall and grabs that dart and sticks it right in the fucking. Oh, is that the same one? I'm talking about the one where he shows up and he fucking tells him he's like, uh, who fucking bets against the bulls? Do what he yeah. fucking made of money. Is that the same? Yeah. Scene? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's sitting with uh, Freddie at that moment. And that's yeah, when yeah, Berg, yeah. Dude, that's when that's Peter Berg's character shows love up. Love that shit. And he's like, I had 12 points. He's like, yeah. yeah he's like, you bet like a child. Like you, that was yeah, like yeah. inner child betting, not your adult self that should have made a fucking rational decision. Yeah, right. and, it's like, and, it's like, and that was also the scene too, like where they start getting into it. Like, uh, cause after Joey ends up, you know, leaving that situation, it's like, Freddie, you you let you save the prom queen and she goes with this asshole. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, yeah. Are you yeah, stand well, for that? <laughs> Gary decides to stir the shit. Like he asks the bartender, let me get another beer. And he tells Freddie, I got to go. And then he goes over to the cops and starts fucking with Berg's yeah. character again about the bet. Right? Yeah. He's in Ray to tell him to go home. Because he's, I think in in a way he's also like, yeah, he's pissed off with, with this guy, but he's also standing up for Freddie at the same time with like all sure. that disrespect. Yeah, that he's, he's also tired of everything himself. Like it's a break yeah. for his character yeah. too, because that's the same night that his house is about to burn down. He knows that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. He set the timer, right? Yep. So like that's all set. He's at the bar sweating that out. Yeah, he knows that if everything goes to plan, that like he'll be able to get out of Dodge and get his money and start a new life for himself with Monica, maybe. He doesn't yeah. plan on Monica being there. And that scene is fucking sad, too, when we see Monica yeah. die in front of him. Oh, yeah. But um, no. Yeah. So and the, like you said, he's also kind of a little retribution for Freddie because there's that moment where Berg shows up, um, Joey, 
and he says, "Oh, I heard you 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 saved um what's her name the turtle." I don't think I can't remember the. T- I wrote it down here. I even wrote yeah, the, the the daughter's turtle and stuff like that. Yeah, like, so he's like, "I heard you sur- Myrtle the turtle, whatever the fuck the name is. I don't know." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's sort of just like it sucks because it's like that's where Freddie wants to, you know, he wants to be right. It's like, oh, this- and this is we the, so that scene also takes place after uh, Liz says, "Hey, you know, so and so is dumping their garbage out in front of our house." You know, oh, yeah. and we find out that Joey is fucking Ray Donlan's wife, and it's like, what yeah. are you fucking doing, man? So Ray Dylan's wife was planning the garbage there, trying to yeah. let the wife know that, like, yeah, know, yeah. I don't. That part never really made sense to me. Like, I couldn't put that together. Like I don't know why she's her garbage there something. on purpose. Yeah, I did. Hoping that, that his wife will see it, maybe. I guess. And then, like, yeah, it's like, oh well, if you're not gonna leave your wife for me or whatever, like, then I'm gonna fuck with your marriage and we're, you know, kind of. Because I think the Ray's wife is tired of all the shit, uh, and then it's like she wants to be with Joey because he, he's a younger guy too. That's, you know, she's a cougar. So she's going after the younger guy. Right. You know, Joey and Liz's marriage is not very good, obviously, because he's a drunken jerk off. I can't, I can't, I can't understand. Like, I get it. Like marriage is difficult. Right. And like sleeping with the same person. I understand. Uh, but well. here, here's the thing though, is I think Ray knew that this was going on all along. I don't think he did. Like, well, he might. No, have no, no. I, I, here's why I think he does because I think that, you know, uh, Joey is doing a power play with Ray with everything that's been going on. It's like, you know what? You're, he's trying to be, he's trying to be like the small dog that's going to try to take out the big dog so that he can be kind of like more in control. And you that's why, that's why him? Ray lets him die. No, I see. I uh, I, just... Ray lets him die for a different reason. That, Cause he for sure, I, the only reason I don't think that, that doesn't make sense is because when he catches him trying to kill Superboy, he's like, yo, what the fuck? What are we doing? I thought you said he was That's why he away. let him die. Yeah, he was like, because you he said saw you that. take care of him. And, and he was he like, knows- uh, I ain't got it like that, Joey, or whatever, and takes off, you yeah. know? So I think it was a mix of that. Like, like Joey was just a liability. He had to cut that thread, right? Because he's right. he got to go. And then also, uh, Rob, I think you're right, like, Maybe he was queuing in on someone being with his wife, maybe. But at the funeral, that's where it confirmed it. Because when he looks over, he sees Berg having exchanged, looking at his wife, looking at Ray's wife, and then Ray's, and then uh, Joey's wife. I know it's very confusing. It's a love triangle. But uh, yeah. Liz, you see the look on Liz's face, and like Ray can pick, he puts it all together. Like, why is she so upset? She's looking at her husband. And then I see her, her husband looking at my wife. And then her, his wife looks over at him. Like, it's just, they basically yeah. right there. Yeah. But yeah, then uh, and it's like I mentioned to you on the phone today, I just I like that this is this is an entire town of cops and it could have just all been like cliche type cop characters like uh Irish guy and Irish guy too and but they're all a little different. Like there's enough there with these performances where I feel like everybody's got their own kind of thing going. Yeah, and within this town, there's is like you know, it's kind of like yeah, they're all together, but there's like little cliques, and like you know, there's certain there's people who are in the inner circle. Yeah, and you, know, you know who's outside of that circle as well, and what which is cares? yeah, just from like you know, and it's not even really you know you know spelling it out either. We're, we're trying to catch it off of like little glances here and there, or like certain like visual clues that were being given, it, which is yeah. a really brilliant. Yeah, the way they speak around one another and the way they the hush tones be, be you know, when Freddie's around, they, they speak quietly. Actually, sometimes they free, they speak frankly in front of Freddie because they just feel like, well, you're not going to hear. Well, he's half deaf and he's, he's they deaf. think he's stupid. 
They really do. And he's not stupid. He's just fucking not confident. He's just not a confident guy. Yeah. He, you know, he lost his step. He, he should have been up there, not necessarily in this town, but he should have been a cop in New York City. Like, that's where he would have been in the 37 had he not had the hearing problem. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he would have had a different life, though. Maybe he would have he got corrupted by these fucks. And that's now at the at the funeral, when he introduces him to the uh, the PDA guy, to the PDA guy, President, yeah. what is he setting up there? Because he he's like, he, he, him him, he can get him on the force, right? Yep. In a sense, not necessarily on a force force, but in some detail, like on my detail, on some of the guys that work for me or like work through the precinct, but they're not necessarily cops. Okay. Like, but you you can still get all the same like probably stuff like benefits and stuff like that like some of that stuff and you can still have some of that prestige of like doing something different with your life and not being this he probably shirt. would have been like a security guard or like a, a bodyguard for like the mayor or the governor yeah. or something, with something that like, how is a sheriff not I, I i mean i don't maybe i don't fucking understand law enforcement but i mean i would think a sheriff would be above being a fucking police officer right not really so, not in a small town. So in, in this case, because he is a small town sheriff, like, but yes, the sheriff is an elected position. So it, yes, they, the, this town of garrison of all these cops elected Freddie, like they made sure that he became the, because they know that they can manipulate him. And like oh, Mo he, says, you're, you know, you're law enforcement, but you're not, you'll never be a cop. Like, right. right. He didn't, he didn't earn his way into being in that position. It was given to him. Okay. So it's kind of like so it, like for if like you were a, a sheriff in like a big city per se like that's a that's a more prestigious thing like where I feel like you're the chief of police that which is also a voted in position that's something. But that is yeah, but like it's kind of like in um in the heat of the night like the the sheriff of that small town like is kind of a you know a nobody. Town, it's not a big yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's just me being uh, like oblivious to the I just wasn't aware. That like that's sheriffs all. out here, I consider them just regular cops also. Like no, I, I still treat them. They are still they are still law enforcement. They, they do different have a, roles. Job a lot of sheriffs and... sometimes will evict people like out where I am. Like that's some of the jobs that they do. And oh, yeah. okay. sometimes I serve warrants or some other stuff like. Um, yeah, but they're... yeah, their jobs are definitely different than, say, a New York uh, city cop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like what what they handle on a day to day basis, the things that they investigate, the things that they do are very different. Yeah. And I also feel like the prestige that's there is not as big. And also, I'm sure the job itself is just not like Freddie's job is not going to take care of him in the future the way being a New York City cop would not not. not New York City cops get paid all compared to like plus, you know, plus there's like I think like more of like a union handling with yeah. like the with more of like the city police and stuff like that. So whereas like I said, Freddie, if they got tired of Freddie, they would just yeah, they could vote him out. Yeah, they throw One him thing out. I do like about the scene that we spoke on earlier is when I forgot to mention it, but like Figs lets loose on Ray, right? When he says, Don't shut me out, blah blah, blah like yeah, yeah. And yeah. he he speaks too much, right? He talks about Tunny what yeah. happened and then like ray's yeah. like get him out of here right. get him out of here because he's fucking talking too much right so he's already fought jack that night jack's already slandered his girlfriend he said about like oh your puerto rican girlfriend you're supposed oh, to yeah not like open a methadone clip. yeah he had some slick shit to say yeah he was oh, real, and, like monica seems like a sweet girl and like yeah. ray ray's after a guy after my own heart he loves puerto rican women so do i, <laughs> I totally get it bro um but yeah we're led to believe and i think the film does a decent job with this like he lets loose and then what happens later is his house burns down, right? So I thought it was Ray and Jack getting That's what I thought beat. too initially. Yeah, me too. Putting him in his place. Like, yo, watch where the fuck you're talking and yep. who you're talking to. 
and will burn down your fucking house. Maybe not planning on his girl being there or, or planning on. It. That was my take as well. Yeah. And that's and I, I think that's also what Freddie thinks. And that's why he gives it like he's like, hey, why don't you stay with me? You know, we'll 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 let we'll get this all settled out. Like, we'll make sure but that what you- does Jack say to him that night too? he Jack says to him before the fight, like, oh, you're trying to maybe get from under your fucking that huge house you're living in. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Whatever. Like, right. Like, it's too he much. He says that. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, there's all sorts of like little nuances there, like which obviously gets is paid off later where we uh, where even, you know, Freddie feels like he's betrayed, too, by by Figsy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and but Figs understands that, too. He he doesn't want to betray Freddie. No, he, no. he doesn't want to include Freddie in his own in his lies, like his. Yeah. Because Freddie's better than that. He knows that. Like, he doesn't yep. want to fucking dirty Freddie. Right. Yeah. He wants Freddie I, he, to be able to realize his potential, you know, that he's a good guy. Sure. He shouldn't take shit. And I dig that. And like you said, I think the, the nuance in the storytelling is is it's good writing, man. Like there's yeah. moments where it just you can figure out what you want. Even my, I've seen this film and I still thought at this second watch was like, did Ray Liotta? I don't think he burned his own house. And I think I, I was thought it was fucking Jack. And yeah. Dude, this movie was super good. I was really caught off guard. The 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 writing, the acting, all like the the, the names that were in this was. Yeah, this. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. This this shit caught me way off guard. And then because uh, normally I, I usually I can I can pick apart what's going to happen or like understand what's in, you know, what the movie's trying to hint you at. And and there, this, I did not. That was a complete miss for me. I for I just totally accepted like what we just talked about, that that house got burnt down because he was in that bar running his mouth. And yeah. it, it, it's a story that really will take you left and right and twists and turns. And it's just yeah a good ass film yeah and this isn't just doing twists for the sake of twists like it actually like oh shit like there was much more here than we realized and then when you go back and you watch it again it's like you start to catch like those little clues like oh shit they were setting this up from like for us as the audience from the very beginning for us to catch on to this like and it's just it's fun seeing those clues and you see the movie in a different way but in a good way yeah, like if, if you watch Ray's character, Ray Liotta's character, like you'd probably pick up on some of the more of those nuances. For sure. Yeah. Knowing what's happening, why he looks so sweaty, why he looks like intense the night of because he's yeah. got so much writing on this night, you know? Yep. Yeah. He needs that fucking that firebomb to go off properly so that he can get this check. Do you think that he went like do you think that he went off on those guys so that like it would kind of keep them there at the bar? Yeah, who knows was- actually. Uh, that's a good thought. A good yeah, because you know, it if everything like, is normal, if everything is normal, maybe everyone goes home and it's like, and it's like they kind of catch on to what he's doing. Race, like Gary starting shit at the bar is normal, so he knew he had to get like have yeah. a moment, like an outburst, like, "Hey, G- Gary's fucked up again." Get him. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like a regular thing there, but yeah, because he does like he takes that extra beer and then says, "Freddie, I gotta go," and then like goes to start shit with like purpose in mind. Like, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna fuck around with these guys some more, and I'm and I'm gonna get somebody fuck you know, like upset or whatever. Like, I'm gonna yeah. start a fight. So, yeah, yeah, because maybe he knows like, oh, I'm not gonna be in this town much longer either, and I need to fucking tell these people. Nice Burn them fucking bridges. Yeah, yeah which and is- maybe like, and th- this is also where I think you know, uh, Freddie, is, you know, he's not just watching. I think now he's paying attention. Yeah. So like this whole time, like we mentioned. The, during this whole thing happening in the backdrop is like this disappearance of the hero cop and the shooting on the bridge. Mo Tilden and his partner, I forgot his name. Uh, sorry. I forget his name too. Detective Carson, right? Detective Carson, who I think was from NYPD Blue. 
Uh, no, yes. no, uh, NYP. Okay, that's um, where I remember him from. Yeah, the uh, New York. What the fuck is the name of the show? Is it just NYPD? Yeah, NYPD Blue. Was it Blue? No, no. Yeah. Uh, no, the Street Cop show. It was him and one other guy. They were like partners. Oh, um, um, Homicide: Life on the Streets. Is that the mm-hmm. one you're talking about? New uh, York Undercover. New York Undercover. That's it. I think that was one of those quick, New York cop shows. Google that, John. That was some quick ass googling. What can I say, dude? We got guy in the. We got our guy in the chair over here. Watch out, Rob. Right. Guy in the chair number two. Fucking real quick, Johnny on the spot. But yeah, no, like so they're they <laughs> ah, I lost my train of thought for a moment there. But yeah, but no, that- they're they're doing their investigation and they're like trying to see everything through, but they can't really find any information. Um that's why Motilden goes to Freddy's like, hey, you know, yeah. my my jurisdiction ends at the George Washington Bridge. And it's like, you know, these cops need to have somebody watching. It's like, I'm watching. Yeah. And it's like, but he's not watching. He's he's looking, but he's not watching. And we have that exchange. And that's the day of Superboy's funeral, supposedly. If yeah. So like, yeah, that's back on track. Uh, so, yeah, it's all in the papers. Like this guy jumped off the bridge and this, the you know, this hero cop is missing and the shooting happened. But nobody's actually like pinning anything on him yet because, you know, he's mid missing anyway. So nobody's showing up. And meanwhile, he's been hiding at Ray's house um, and they have a party after his funeral. And this is after... Uh, like you said, Mo Tilden has spoken to uh, Freddie and basically said, Freddie, I need you to be my eyes here. And Freddie sort of like plays it off like I'm keeping an eye out. But like Mo knows, like, no, you you need to actually like this shady shit going on in town. And right. you're a blind eye. I'm trying to like get you on our side as one of the good guys, because I guess yeah. you seem like a decent guy. So do you think Mo knew that he was still alive? Yeah, of course. He yeah, did. no, because he says he says we buried a suit today. How does that make you feel? Like we buried a suit. Like, yeah, yeah. The kid's not dead. We all, he says, we all know it, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. we all know, but nobody's saying it, right? Freddie knows too. Yeah, yeah. Freddie knows for sure. Yeah, Freddie knows for sure, which is like, like Freddie at this point, like Freddie, you're still not doing the right thing. Like, you know what's going on in your town. Yeah. But you don't. And I think he, I think he does that out of like a little bit of loyalty because like he wouldn't be in his position without these guys. So, oh, for sure, like, for sure. Yeah. So it is like kind of like a catch. It's like if I tell and do the right thing, like I should, I'm out of a job, possibly. That's right. the point of Kaitel's character, Ray, introducing Freddie to the president of the PDA to try and get him in pocket. Right. Like to say, yeah. Freddie, look, play nice. And I got you. you up. I'm going to get you. I think fucking, I'll get you a job with this fucking guy. I have connections. That's how it works. Yeah. Right? And I think because. Because Ray also knows that Mo came to town. Ta- because he saw that Mo came to town, so he knows he's going to talk to Freddie. Yeah, and so that's why that's why that interaction happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie in is, pocket. Yeah, which is really yeah. fucked up. Like this is Freddie's a little bit of like a you know a stray right at this moment. He doesn't have con- ultimate control over Freddie because Freddie Freddie's a nice enough guy, and he might just let something slip without even realizing what he's saying. You know? Right. Yeah, and he, he seems like the kind of guy that is going to be like. Like when Mo comes in and talks to him, right? He's like, I'm loyal to my people. Like, you know, I'm de- no, I appreciate it, blah, blah, blah. But then when he's with his people, he kind of spins it the same way. Like he's just where whatever party he's talking to, it, it almost seems like he kind of takes the opposite take because then he goes and he talks to Ray. And he's, he's like, almost like on. the devil's advocate for like, yeah, yeah. He's like, what are we doing here? Come on, man. How do you think this looks like you're th- you're having a fucking party right now? Like. So I like that scene because he shows up where he's finally like, all right, I'm going to do something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go to the house because they're doing this right in front of me. Like, how does that exactly like you said, like, how does this look to me as your sheriff? 
I know the kid's in there. Like, I told him that he's dead, but, like, Freddy's almost trying to convince himself that he didn't see the kid, but he knows the fucking kid's alive. Yeah. He wishes he didn't because he doesn't want to be in this predicament. And he tells him, he's like, come on, man, we'll figure it out. Everybody get together. Let's all go down there. There's a way out of this. Yeah, and Ray's just, like, closing the door on him. Yeah, he's like, like, fuck you, bro. Bye, Freddy. Get out of here. Yeah, and and he's like, I can't, I can't let this go. Like he's, but he's like muttering it. Like he's not confident in his speech. Right. Not putting his foot down. He could have put his foot in the door. And they were having this blatant party. Oh yeah. Around for this kid's like they're gonna like disappear him or whatever. I guess like. Well, and we don't know that too because it's like oh like we we got him a new identity. Yeah, which I think was the initial under, plan. Yeah, we're, we're yeah it had here. to have been. Otherwise, why? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 John. If you have a something to to chime in on that with that, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I think that was the initial plan, but something changed because of their mob connections. Yeah, the mob so gets the call right at the party from the PDA. Um, what the fuck is that actor's name? He's really fucking. He's Frank he's, Vincent. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Go and get your shine box. Yeah, now go get your fucking shine box. Yeah, so that guy fucking calls him basically and says, listen, I did the thing, right? We're going to kill, the case is going to be killed tomorrow. A body has to go up. We need a body. We need a body. Otherwise, it all falls apart. And then Ray's like, look, Ray's a scumbag, but he's not that big of a scumbag. At least he doesn't want to be that big of a scumbag. Right. Yep. I, I think he's he's hesitant. Like, he does not want to yeah. do what he has to do, but he's going to do it anyways. Yeah. yeah. Cause he can't say no. He can say no maybe once, but when the guy says, look, it has to happen. Yeah. It can happen. And then, but Rose hears that she hears enough to know that she tries what's coming down. Yeah. And send a kite to what's his name? Uh, Murray. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rappaport. I love how like gullible Michael Rappaport is at this, during this moment. Like he's just like, Hey guys, you know, oh, what's going on? Um, See you guys. Like, uh- Y'all, I'm taking out it off of town. You know, it's good seeing you, everybody. It's like, it's fucking dumbass. Yeah, I'm going to disappear tomorrow, and everybody's going to pretend like they never saw me. Do all just- New Yorkers like Michael Rappaport. It seems like that's like <laughs> a New York cultural thing. I think, honestly, I, like, can't, he, I can't stand Michael Rappaport. He feels like a caricature I, I, of what he's a He's like a love and hate thing. Like, I kind of like when he goes on some rants. <laughs> that's um, the New York side of you. Yeah, if you listen to him, like, I used to follow him on Instagram, but it got too, it got to be too much. So I yeah. Said, He's, but like I like yeah. his rants, but he would just get too political. I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, but like I sometimes I like the way he just kind of speaks his mind. In, in mm-hmm. certain bursts, he is hilarious. But then it's like, yeah, it's like he, he like stand up, I believe, too. Yeah, like that's he was, yeah, he yeah. was stand up. He and he got into movies and he, he did a lot with uh, Dave Chappelle too, which was like yeah, from the Dave Chappelle show. He was hilarious. I mean, he's been in some good movies too. Um, yeah, he really does play like this white dude from New York. Yeah, I just noticed it seems like New Yorkers always kind of maybe it's a New York thing and they just take care of New Yorkers, but they just love them, dude. It's always been weird to me. Like, God, I fucking hate it. He feels like a caricature of what a New Yorker is, because like I said, a little bit, but that's just how he is. Yeah, Yeah. he's a New Yorker. Like his the the person he played in Do the Right Thing. That's just fucking that's Michael Rowe. Oh, he's he's fucking great in that movie. Oh, you guys have seen that? All right. So yeah, I I, I like that movie a lot. Or Uh, Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I like this scene though. Like Rose sends him the message, mm-hmm. and he reads it, and then he he goes in the bathroom and he finds the message. It's on a, a cocktail, cocktail nap on the inside of the cocktail, and she forces him to drink it. He, yeah, and we get to see a glimpse of it. It says something like, "They're gonna kill you." Yeah. Um, and then he grabs a gun that's hanging on a holster in the shower. Yep. 
I don't know. Is this a cop thing when they have parties? Kind of take your gun off, hang it in the shower because you want to relax? Because it's I like, think so, dude. I got visions of my mom's bras hanging over the fucking yeah, yeah, shower yeah, curtain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was you know, it's 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 the coat rack, but like for a cop party, like you know, it's, dude, it's like he just grabs a revolver like off of a holster. There's like two holsters this is, from the shower curtain. It, it brought me vibes of like when we were doing our review of prom night on your on your show, Heidelberg is like, is this like it's kind of like this is some like like movie shit like let's just tuck the gun in our back of our pants like some sort of no, fucking I mean holster. I respect the holster game. I've never carried a holster, so maybe it's like Dude, it's like having a tight belt on all day, you know. It's it like, is. It is heavy. I've, I ha- I have worn a holster. In, it like is. Your gun is digging into my hip, you know that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is very heavy, <laughs> especially depending on the type of gun you have. Like it's heavy. Yeah. So he grabs a revolver off, which was smart. He Hell yeah. Okay, but he was smart. He grabs some back something to fucking back himself up with, and he prom nights it up, stuffs it in the back of his pants. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> There was some shady shit going on. He walks outside and he thinks they're going to like hide him. But I feel like he doesn't want to believe what he just read on that. No, but that's his Aunt Rose. Like she's yeah. the yeah. one to tell him that just straight up. And they start saying some shit like because once the other two guys come out, they're like, that's it. Everybody's gone. It's just us. And so yeah, it's you like hear them like and then the way they look around, like the way fucking Jack's in there and then Frank comes out, closes the screen door, right, looks right. around. He says, yeah. well, we set up. Yeah, it's just us out here. Ray's yeah. hanging out. And then and they have to drown him. They have to drown him too because exactly, he he, uh, he jumped off the bridge. He committed suicide, so he would drown in there. So he how they thought they were going to get away with it. Yeah, it happened at a different time. Like an autopsy would have showed that, but I guess they figured, well, we can spin that once once yeah. he's dead and we have the body, we can spin whoever looks at him. Like, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Change yeah. the time because they probably have the eyes and ears on on the um, with the morgue. I mean, it's totally different water too. It's hot yeah. tub water compared to fucking ingesting. You know the Hudson or whatever it is, like, right? Yeah. Well, they were just going to throw him back into the Hudson, right? Was yeah. what I thought it was, but the but because he's dead, he's know. drowned. Maybe. He won't take on like more water from like from the Hudson. Yeah, or stage his body somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what the deal was after that, but but he manages to squeeze. So he's like he's hip to it, but he doesn't want to believe it, and he's trying to talk his way out of it. And then they just try and fucking drown him. Um, and he manages to squeeze off a couple out of that shower revolver. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he hightails it out of there and then we see I mean, it's not quite as good as like a cuda revolver but it's you know it's a shower revolver so yeah 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 yeah. you didn't pull it out of his out of his uh cooter but i like that as that's going to be our new gimmick that's our thing we a cooter something in every episode we got to yeah, have a po- like a pocket wallet yeah, the prison wallet you know what i mean i like that's, it I like that's it. where he kept his he, he kept it in the prison <laughs> that's why he put it in the back that's what right. men do we have a prison wallet. we don't have a cooter. that's right. true yeah but uh, yeah, so he squeezes off a couple. He's able to get out of there and he hightails it out and he runs for his life and he gets away. Uh, but Peter Berg's character, Joey, sees that. Right. Yep. And so then later on. Uh, so at that moment, during while that's happening, uh, Liz comes over Freddy's and we see like she opens up to him and they have a moment. And I like we spoke on it already, but like I'm not I wasn't quite sure if they made sweet, sweet love. I wanted them to. I don't think they did, though. I think they I don't could. think they did either. Because no. she walks out like right after that scene, she still got like she looks like she didn't have sex. Yeah, she doesn't look yeah. very disheveled. Freddie, Freddie, uh, he uh, respects the bonds of marriage. I felt like he cried in front of her. Like he was. Just, <laughs> oh, I came. I cried. Oh, yeah. But so, like, I just wanted to ask, like, at this moment in the film, like, what do you guys think of the Freddie? Do you like him? Is he believable at this moment? Like, is he likable? He. Yeah, I do actually because I feel like he the he is torn as a character. Like you know, he knows he he like 
everything inside of him wants to do the right thing. He just doesn't know how, how to go about it. And yeah. I think he's really, he, this is the moment where he's really wrestling with what the right thing is. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that Stallone plays this uh, is brilliant because you feel, you feel the struggle that he's going through. Totally. And you feel like, uh, like he's, he's the, he's like the every man. You know I mean, like, and it's easy to put any any person that watches this film can easily put themselves like in like I get it. You pine for someone you can be with. She moved on with the college, you know, like the jock from, yeah. from college, you know, from high school, whatever. Like it's a similar tale, right? We get that. And then like you're put in these positions where like there are other people around you that kind of bully you a little bit, and you take shit all day, and you right. just want to be the man that you envision yourself being. You want to be happy, and you want to have the love of your life, and that's really all he wants. He doesn't want to, like any lavish shit, you know. And so you just feel for him, like in this moment, it's like he has this moment of connection with Liz, where she's like, he could have pushed that. He could have pushed that and probably totally, you know, bedded her down, but he didn't because he's Freddie. Right. Yeah. I believe that like he let her go that night and say, you know, this isn't right. Go, go back to your husband. Or She made that decision, but he left that decision up to her to make. He didn't try and convince her. He didn't gaslight her. He's not that guy. And so I dig that for his character. And I think his character at this point in the movie, he's our, inve- we're invested in him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think he drives this movie and it's it is a You mentioned it's a testament to Stallone's acting prowess. This movie it's really good. Yeah. Like if any like because uh, a lot of people that like, oh Stallone, he's whatever. He's, you know, he's just like a whatever. Actor. He's an action guy. But it's like, guys, watch Copland. Like this. This guy is acting. Also, as he's a writer. He's a director. Like yeah, he's, he's a producer. For sure. He does way more stuff behind the scenes than anybody gives him credit for. We could so. I don't want anybody to think like I'm a huge Stallone head. I'm not like, I like Stallone. My last two picks have happened to be Stallone. Fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I picked Cobra because that's a fucking Stallone film. And it's Cobra. Yeah, of yeah. course. But I picked Copland because it's just a good film. Like it's it a, is a real good film. I never think about it like, oh, it's Stallone's movie, but it is. And it's also a totally different type of role for him, which I totally, I think is amazing. Yeah. Right. And this is why he was actually really excited about this role. Cause like, I, I really want to like, try something different you know kind of break out of my my comfort zone and yeah. he blew that he blew this role out of the water he I mean, was, look he gained 40 pounds to do it like he took it seriously he said yeah. his acting he tried to change his acting style um he said when he acted alongside de niro he was um, so nervous he, he was nervous but he would allow de niro basically to speak first because that's <laughs> the kind of character de niro is he's the guy who's going to lead you know and yeah. he's in the room he's in charge of the room and and that's also that's also Freddie's character. Yeah, Freddie's not the guy who speaks first. It's the no. other people who like are kind of pushing Freddie uh-huh. around. Even Mo, yeah. Mo Tilden, like, yeah, he's a good he tries guy. Tries to push him around a little bit too. Yeah, he pushes him around just like Ray does, and like all these other characters push Freddie around. And I think that's like where uh, when we get to this certain point, like like the real like kind of the 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 catalyst in this film that uh, really pushes Freddie to the side of get, you know getting rid of the corruption in his town is like, you people are all the same. Like, cause he got, he, yes. I think he's tired of getting pushed around. So we get, yeah, we get the, we get De Niro's garrison files blowout scene where his yep. case is shut down the next day, even though they never found a body yet and they didn't properly get rid of Superboy. Um, yeah. As far as the PDA president knows, he went through and, and contacted the mayor and had this whole case shut down. Internal affairs is no longer looking into garrison or the, you know, the, with the Superboy. Yeah, go to lunch. Go to lunch. It's fucking over. Yeah, so I love that. Dude, that's it. He goes ape shit in that scene. It's awesome. It's awesome. That guy holds up his. That guy holds up his sandwich. He's like, go to lunch. 
He's like, uh, uh, I'm eating light lunch. Go to lunch. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. And then like he just closes his office door. He's he doesn't know what to do. He's fucking he knows what happened. He knows right. someone pulled a fucking a maneuver yep. and got his shit shut down. And like, yep. And so, yeah, you said late, later on, fucking uh, Ray. I mean, Ray, uh, Freddie finally figured like de- decides like, I'm. you know what? I know what to do. So there's a moment where where Freddie uh, confronts Ray in the bar. Right. And Ray yep. fucking gives him his like hands him his ass. Basically. Yeah. He yeah. tells him like you made you made moves like a child, like a boy and not like a man. And, you, yep. and a man thinks several steps ahead. He thinks long term and you thought short. What did you think was going to happen? Mm. And he just basically says, like, what are you going to do? You know, and that's when Freddie decides the only thing he thinks he can do. I'm going to go to the the cops in the city like and tell them what i know or tell them I right can- which is which is what um uh well that's what he wanted right because he's like oh if he if he makes a fucking big enough mess out of this we're right back in this so that's to me problem. it almost seemed like he like baited him into it he did he I mean? gaslit him so like yeah so so freddie goes to see him the case is shut down mo's having lunch he's eating a fucking sandwich yep and he's just like he lets freddie in freddie just barges in there yeah, I'm ready to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing. Blah, blah blah. I want to. You said to be a cop. I want to be a cop. Like I want to. I want to help out. And Mo just says, "You're fucking too late, man." He just ignores him. Yeah, eat this fucking sandwich. He's, just, he's chomping on his sandwich like you. There's you nothing on that sandwich. Bro. It looks like lettuce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I live in New York. I work for delis. Like that would have been like packed with some fucking meat, pastrami or corned beef or something. Like a turkey sandwich. Maybe he said to go light on the meat. Whatever. He shared half of it with the with Carson, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he basically like goats. We don't know this at first. We're just like, oh, he's just blowing him off. But yeah, he goats yeah. him into getting mad. Oh, yeah. And then he even says like, listen, you fucking deaf fuck. Yeah. You can't fucking hear me. You blew it. Yeah. You had your chance blew and you blew it. You blew it. Yeah. And he sends him off. And like you said, yeah, if Freddie says like, you guys are all the same, like all you cops. Yep. And he says, if that cupcake makes a stir. Yeah, again. <laughs> I think like he calls him a cupcake. Yeah, he <laughs> does. Like, I don't know what that like. That just seemed like a you know because he well, like I said, he's kind of like this like he's not fat, but like he's pudgy. You know, he's like yeah. he's just like True. yeah. So he is kind of a cupcake. He's not in shape, yeah. and he's like soft like a cupcake too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. You know, that guy's you know, Freddie ain't gonna be like running down some dude from like you know forty you know in a forty yard dash you know chasing after a guy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Triple entendre. That's an interesting exchange with them. I think that's one of the best exchanges, even though like Mo doesn't like he's just kind of listening to Freddie. But Freddie's like pleading with him, like, I'm ready to do the right thing. And it's like, it's too late, kind of. Yeah. And that's his only move is is Mo figures out, well, if I just fucking gaslight this guy enough, he might go back to his hometown and start something up. And and just fuck it all up. Yeah. Oregon. Yeah. And, and like, we get like Gary's crashing at Freddie's house, which I thought was pretty funny. Like he's just hanging out, smoking butts. Dude, I mean, that guy was chain smoking his ass off. <laughs> yeah. And he so he teaches he teaches Freddie the diagonal move, which is kind of like a key thing to this movie that's played out. He's It's been mentioned earlier on in the bar, but Freddie didn't put two and two together because he's not a beat cop. Or, you know, he's not a city cop. He doesn't know. But for, uh, Gary teaches him that like if you need to approach a situation like an emergency, you don't just put on the sirens and go through the lights straight ahead. You, you know, you go left, you go right, you go around the reds. You don't have to go through them all. It's easier sometimes to just, you know, go to a lateral motion and then up again, you know, and it has meaning in the way that you would, uh, you know, attack something like this corruption in your town and like how to, 
how to go about things. I think it's a, yeah. it's a moment for Freddie and his thought process. You know, because that's the way, like, because, you know, Freddie's been approaching this, like, it's like trying to, like, bang at it head on. And it's like, no, no, we have to we have to come about this situation. Like, you have to kind of circumvent all these people and kind of, like, meet them at the, you know. And I love that moment because Gary at this moment, we don't like he's fucking coked out. All right. He's been doing coke in the bathroom and we find out like it's on the mirror. Freddie sees this later, but like he's coked out and he's like, these men have fucking families. You know, they have things that they're going to protect. You can't just come at them head on. Yeah, I love that line. What's he say? The truth is not a fucking bulletproof vest. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Right. You have to deliver that truth somehow without getting fucking killed. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's not everything. You know, people can you can have the truth in your hand and people can still point, you know, doubt in your in your direction. So look at Ned Stark, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so like at that moment, also, that's when Joey gets thrown off the roof by Method Man. From the yeah, yeah, that was M E T H O D. Yeah, I remember this scene the first time seeing it, and I remember thinking that like he was a fucking monster in the scene. The way they portray him, he's taking out like three cops. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like one of them's like, oh god, he's calling in backup. He's fucking- yeah, he's like he's a fucking animal. Yeah, we see these blood monster. smears all over the fucking like wall and shit. So he's yeah. like taking them out, and he's got what's his name, which I thought was a setup at first. I remember the first time I saw this, I thought that was right, like rape. Aid that guy too. That's what I thought too. But it turns out like Ray just took advantage of the situation and yeah. fucks with like, okay, is that a cop thing? Like all of a sudden, yeah, I got my lock pick. I'm gonna fucking Jimmy the thing. I thought I was watching a Fallout cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go left and then click it three times right and then boom, you're gone. Yeah, you're good. But yeah, then so, like, so Ray didn't. So what? So I, I that's crazy because I thought for sure that was a setup. So here's the thing: is like I think it was maybe it was maybe it was all so, a setup. I think that Ray was looking for a way to kind of eliminate Randone. Um, and he but, used that situation. But it's like, it kind of, this situation presented itself. It's like, oh, well, he's exactly. going to. It's like the way he so, moves the mask. Well, then what's the, the whole time? speech that Method Man gives then? The whole, like, you're going to go back, you're going to retire, you're going to be done. Like, he's, he's. I think that's just him being like gangster. And he's just like, he's kind of guessing. Like, yeah, you're a white bread cop. Like, you probably got yeah. a family. You got a wife. You right? got a daughter and a wife. Yeah. You're going to go back home. You're going to eat your fucking kids' Fruit Loops. Like, just yeah, tell yeah. me to quit. Like, but. I don't know. Like, what I, I'll be honest, the first time I saw it, just like you just saw it for the first time, I did take it like maybe this was all an exchange that was, you know, orchestrated by Ray because he could have, yeah. you know, he's a corrupt cop. He could have paid this guy. That's also possible. I, I could see that being a possibility, maybe. but I, I thought it's just like a way that it it just it was a happy accident that this okay. presented I think it itself. plays either way. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think and- the way they, when I watched it on a second try, it was that. Ray just stumbles upon this and then he like he actually moves the mattress and finds the doorway. And like, I don't think that was like he knew exactly where to go. He was just following the voices and he was first on the scene. He overheard Peter Berg up there calling for help. I don't think he knew necessarily he was going to fall off the roof or not. He just knew that like, oh, he needs help. This is the stairwell to get up there. I'll block the door and I'll pretend like we can't get it open. And then that's when Jack comes up because Jack didn't even know what was going on. Nope. Right. Jack, Jack got cued in that how fucked up Ray is at this moment because he's like, Ray, fucking Joey's up there. Let's go. We got to save him. And then the other cop's like, why don't we just bust down the door? What the fuck are we doing here? And he's yeah, like, right. Oh, I got my fucking lockpick out. I'm a, yeah, exactly. I'm, a, I'm a fucking private investigator from the 40s or <laughs> some shit. Like, yeah. MacGyver. Sam Spade bullshit. Yeah, it's like- <laughs> but yeah, it was like fucking, I don't know. It was interesting. I, 
And I just love the look of Method Man, though. He had he had his dead eye contact in, which was a thing that he used to do. Yep. He was big into having that one contact in, and that was one of them. And huh. the guy just makes him look, yeah, because that was like something he would do on stage. And it, so it wasn't just a movie prop. It was like something he brought into the role. Um, and I just always thought he just looked like, when I saw the scene again recently, I'm like, oh, he just looks normal. But like the first time I saw it, he looked like he was like eight foot tall. And he was like, holy right. Yeah, he, he does kind of have that. Like he's very imposing in this. Yeah, scene. bro. I was like, this guy's fucking jacked up. On he's a big guy. He or something. He's got his fronts in. They're like sharp, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, damn. But yeah, he takes out like three cops and Randone and Ray interferes. And then fucking Jack's aware of what's going on. And Ray falls to his death. And a pretty when you see him on the ground, he looks pretty fucking. He looks like a pretzel. Yeah, dog. Yeah, dude. Like that guy went down head fucking first too. Like you yeah, just like it's like, I mean, like yeah. You can see that though, that dude. blood pool is massive. So yeah. he would have had to calm down hard. And then Superboy shows up at Freddy's. Yeah, it's yep. the only place he could think to go. But he's spooked by Gary because Gary comes out of the bathroom because he thinks he's out. with Gary is like with the rest of them. So it's like, oh, I love fuck that Gary comes happen. out of the bathroom because. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting his mind right, man. <laughs> this Hold on, just one more. Trying. I got to get my mind right. No, I thought he was just going pee. Of course, you know, he's just, you know, he's just Fucking cleaning it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, Ro. <laughs> but yeah, so Freddie finds the Coke on the mirror at that moment, too. Later yeah. when he goes in the bathroom and then it's like, how did you not know anyway? Like, how do you? Uh, yeah, know? that's that's Freddie, though. Like, he just he's a turtle. I think that's part of his transformation in his story as well, exactly. right? It's like now he's becoming more. It's like he's not just turning a blind eye anymore. Now he's beginning to, yeah, he's beginning to move forward. He's beginning to stick his head out. Yeah, and that's why he's willing to take the risk. He goes to see Mo, uh, and oh, so we didn't touch on when he leaves Mo's. Right, this is not something Mo like thought was going to happen, but Freddie decides he steals some of the fucking files. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He steals a handful of files, like all around the guys that he's been, you know, protecting. Because he sees their names, right? Yeah, yeah, he sees the town that he's been in charge of, like, because it's his town. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but he's never really been given, you know, due credit because he's a lackey. But like in his head, he's like, yeah, I'm protecting. This is the town that I protect and the residents there. And then he sees all these files and he reads them with his with his uh, crew, with uh, Officer Gisler and uh, Cindy Betts. Um, So she quits at this moment, right? This one, yeah, she asked for a transfer or something. I don't like that scene. It's very lame. It's kind of lame the way they kind of sub, like, just like, I don't know, like sweep her away from the situation. Like, and I get it. Like, the other cops don't want to be put in harm's way. Like, Noah Emmerich's character quits. Uh, That doesn't quit, but goes home. Right. He tells, hey, my wife's pregnant. She's worried. And he's like, don't worry about it. Stay there and backed up your boy, but fine. Like, yeah, I'm cop. This is also. So this is also something that happens. There's a couple of really famous westerns where this this type of thing happens. Uh, High Noon is uh, uh, from 1950 with uh, Gary Cooper and um, what was her name? Gary uh, Cooper uh, uh, and Grace Kelly. So yeah, like uh, uh, in that and 310 to Yuma, the original, and obviously a film that uh, James Mangold does uh, does a remake of ten years later, where you're the the sheriff are you know is trying to do something uh, and or, uh, the main character is trying to do something and the people that are supposed to be helping him they're like nah I'm, I'm not I don't want any part of this you know it's and like the so like the people that should have had Freddie's back you know the the two sheriff his two deputies mm-hmm. I, I I can't do it like I got a family um uh what's her face's character Cindy um, 
yeah, Cindy, she, she's like, no, I, I need to get out of this town. And I think like, she's, she's probably like been wanting to do that for a while, especially after that scene that we talked about at the beginning yep. of the film where she right. already allowed her to be disrespected. And so that she was the start of the split. Yeah. That, I think that, I think this kind of is, and we don't know if there was other instances like where this also happened, but I'm sure this, the, the one we saw is not per- the first time that that's happened. And it probably wasn't the last either. So you, ha- so like I said, it's at, it's out of Westerns that James Mangold loves. And so he is kind of pre- like kind of making Freddie like the, the, like the lone hero. And obviously then what we get later on is Bigsy decides like he's ready. To, he's bailing out too until like he has a change of heart and he's like, fuck it. I gotta, I gotta go save Freddie. Well, yeah, um, there's, there's the moment. Oh yeah. With Ray Liotta. Um, there's a moment where Freddie, talks to Liz, right, at her house. And af- this is after her husband's died. Yeah. And she goes, she kind of just goes off on him, um, which I feel like, you know, was, I felt bad for the guy, but I understand, like, where she's coming from. And she kind of says, like, you know, what are you trying to replace my husband? You know what I mean? Like, and she yeah. knows that's kind of the, like, that's fuck. That's an easy thing to say to him. Like, because, you know, you, you could pull his card easily. Like, she well, knows. St- and regardless of the relationship, though, I mean, you know, losing your husband is going to be, you know, oh, yeah, it's father fuck- your child. I'm sure she's fucked Absolutely. up. So, yeah, you know, she like, loves her husband, even though she knows that, like, he's a no good piece of shit. Like, she's right. Exactly. Exactly. And like the moment of weakness that she had with Freddie, like, that's the thing that's like. It's tough to say that to Freddie because you know that you've you've egged him on a little bit too. Like you you sure. there is something there between her and Freddie, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's it's like, well, what if our lives went a different way? You know what I mean? But they're they're not going to because of these circumstances. And like right. you know, live with that. And that's tough. Like, and there are real situations in life like just like that that people deal with every day. So it's realistic to me. It's just tough to see Freddie have to take that. But that is part of like Cause when he gets, then he gets in the back, he gets in his car after that exchange and Frankie's in the back and Frankie threatens him about, yo, stop. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, so what, what are you going to do? Oh yeah. 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 Frankie says like, uh, race worked really hard to like create this town and I'm not going to watch you fuck it up for him. Right. It's, you know, we like you, we, we hired you in this, but that doesn't mean that we like you enough that I'm just going to watch you fuck it up for Ray. And right. then he holds a gun basically like in plain sight, like, just watch what the fuck you're doing, all right? Yeah, and well, and he tells him he's like, now tell tell me where Superboy is right now, and he's like, if I fucking knew, he would already be in the city. Yeah. So it's like it it seems like both both sides were kind of at a breaking point where it's like, hey, enough of this shit. We hooked you up. You're in the spot because of us. Mm-hmm. Give the guy up, and he's like, Doug, I would if I had him, you would already be fucking jammed up. Yeah, and Freddie's like. At this point, at, he's at his breaking point. I think the thing that throws him over the edge is when he goes home and Gary gets his check. Yeah. And and that from the house burning down, which is pretty fast, actually. <laughs> but yeah, Freddie sees it, right? And he sees the check and then he kind of just looks over and he sees the NYPD bag, much like the one that Berta gave Gary. Yeah. Yep. And it's got a burn on it. Or something of that nature, right? Oh, you know what I think is important to mention, too, is at the, at the very beginning, that conversation, she's specifically talking about a bomb squad and like. Uh, um, yeah, she works for the bomb squad. Right. And like yeah. getting this stuff in and over a bag, out. which I thought I think they, they want you to think it's drugs because Gary's into drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're thinking it must be coke or something from, right. you know, from uh, uh, evidence. evidence or whatever. Mm hmm. But it turns out that it was all a scam for Gary. It was explosives for Gary to burn down his house and, and yeah. collect the fucking insurance money. 
which right. he never in- intended on his girlfriend being there. She was trying to surprise him. And, you know, it went south. And but uh, the way the storytelling is, is that we're led as audience members to think that it was possibly retribution for Ray and Jack and the exchange that they had happened in the bar. So I like the way the film kind of progresses and shows you its cards over time and not right away. And I think yeah. it works well for a first time watch as far as like, well, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we see like the bag, mm-hmm. like this, like burn on it, I guess. I don't know, which doesn't I don't know if that's because of when he was setting it up, because I don't get the idea that he was ever at the house when it went up. Like, right. No, it it was meant, like you said, it was a it was a time mm-hmm. delay thing. Yeah. And uh, that that's where it's like, wait a second. That, and Freddy's already has he he's become more aware that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think he knows exactly what he's going to find over there. But then it's like this is everything is coming out very weird. And so he goes to the house to investigate uh, and he like makes a noise when he leaves. And Gary knows it. Like, what the fuck's up? Freddie's ass. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. he must have followed him or knew what he was up to. And I think that like once they went to Figsy's burned down house, I think he knew it's like, fuck, you know, I, I didn't do this i wasn't trying to fuck with freddy like it was just more of i had to do it man like it's kind of this this situation yeah i wanted out of this situation i want out of this job i want out of this life and i don't want to be under the mob's fucking thumb and like i just want to he said this is a chance for me to restart my life i he didn't have to go back to the house and follow freddy he did that because he respects freddy exactly he could have took the money and gone like yeah that's why Freddy straight up freddy listen i get what you're thinking you're right Right. But I did it because of this. And I didn't I never planned on Monica dying. And like he's, you know, Gary's broken, too. Figs is broken. Oh, for sure. Well, he loved her. Yeah. And he knows that he's going to have to deal with that for the rest of his life. That like his actions caused this young woman's death. Right. And Freddie kind of, you know, Freddie calls him out on the fucking shit. So I I like 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 the the exchange between them. It's they have a genuine friendship. Yeah. yeah, I also love how he definitely he has that 80s like I rock Z Camaro, like which is like what yeah. Coke, Coke, uh, Coke heads would be. Proud, bro. <laughs> isn't, your, uh, isn't your email something Camaro? Uh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, I do like oh, so I do like Camaros. I, I and I do okay. like that era of Camaro too, but yeah, it that is the that is the car of the Coke head. I'll just okay. say, that. uh, okay. so tired of taking Freddie, uh, taking shit, Freddie decides to go to Rose's Rose Donlin's and convince her on telling him where her nephew is. He realizes like, that's my only move is I, I got to find the fucking kid. He's out yeah. there somewhere. And, and he feels for the kid too, because even when he says to Mo in early on in that scene where Mo hands him his ass, he says, this kid's out there. He's scared. He's alone. Like, yeah. Yeah. Out there in the woods in Jersey somewhere. Yeah. Until he goes, he goes to Rose to, to kind of, kind of, you know, ask her like to, you know, the one I know you're the one person that cares about this kid. Like, right. Where is he? I know you would know his whereabouts if anybody knew it's you. Right. And right. Um, Freddie does find him. Uh, he she I guess she gives you know, she decides. Yeah, uh, she gives him up pretty easy because at first she was like, fuck you. No way. Blah, blah, blah. And then I well, and doesn't then have like, any other option. Yeah. And what is what's the line? He gives her some line and she's like, oh, OK. He's yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it's enough that like she knows that like Freddie means well. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he knows that Freddie's not going to go and like you know assassinate her her nephew. No, he wants to blow of. the whole thing up. Yeah. So Freddie finds him and he's in the, like an abandoned fucking um, water tower that's like gutted and he's sleeping in there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So he finds him there and 
Frank and uh, oh, so he takes him back to uh, the precinct, right? Which yep. was like, I guess, OK, fine. Like, I guess he figured nobody knew he had him. And he takes him to the precinct to prepare to bring him to the city the next day, I'm assuming. Yeah, this is this is straight out of the original 310 to Yuma, which is yeah. I, I talked about this with John uh, a little bit earlier, uh, where the main character is trying to bring, you know, get the criminal onto the, the train to Yuma, which it's is a remake. Yeah. And so it's kind of yeah. And Mangle does do the remake, which yeah, is a yeah. brilliant remake of that. It's film. really good. Yes. Yeah, so re- I watched it with my dad back in the day. Yeah. And so this is straight out of that movie because everyone abandons Freddy just like they abandoned the main character. Yeah, I heard you mention that. And, and so this is straight out of that movie. It, it's I feel bad for Freddy at this moment, but he doesn't yeah. like he tells Noah. I get it. Like uh, uh, Gary, he says, uh, uh, what's his name? Deputy uh, fucking Bill. Bill Gates. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. When he tells him, he's back. like, yeah, my wife's pregnant. Yeah. And he gets it, too. He's like, fine, like, just go. And like, I get it. Like, I'll, I can handle this. You know, I know he's scared, though, while he's yeah. loading up his shotgun. Yep. Because he knows what's going to happen. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And like I said, this is exactly what happens with uh, uh, Van Heflin's character, uh, Dan Evans in 310 to Yuma. It's like he has to face this thing alone, trying to transport this prisoner to where he needs to get them to, to, you know, to kind of blow everything up to like what yeah. is supposed to happen. And this like takes a lot of fucking backbone on Freddy's behalf, uh, like on his part. And I think like it's 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 kind of like rewarding to see his character come to this point. You know what this I mean? Is, this is the first heroic. This is the first heroic thing he's done since saving Liz. Which he says was was like one of the most significant things he's ever done with his life was saving Liz. And because of that, he lost his opportunity to do what he wanted to do, which is become a cop. And like he would never exchange that. He feels like, you know, because he loves Liz and like he's glad he saved her. But man, fucking change his life by doing that. Right. Yeah. This is Freddie is George Bailey and Dan Evans kind of rolled into one character. Like I said, this is it's a wonderful life. Mixed with 310 to Yuma. This is what this film is. Hey, hey man, it's all blended really well. Um, and I like, so like Frank and Jack come for him. So I like the moment where he's like, all right, kid, we're going to go. He takes a shotgun. He's got the kid. He's trying to walk to the car. Nobody's there to back him up. Right. Nope. He's all alone. He comes around a corner. He's blindsided. He can't hear what's coming. Fucking right. yep. Frank and Jack grab him. They grab the kid. They tell Freddie, don't fucking move. We're not going to kill you. Don't fucking worry. Don't shit your pants. We're yeah. not gonna kill you. And what does Jack do? Which is the good ear? Fucking blows a gun off, right? Oh God, that is. Oh man, that scene still like I know it's coming, and I'm just like, fuck, bro. Have you ever had a gun go off like near like your, your ear like that before? Yeah. It is fucking painful. Yeah, bro. It's really painful. You can lose your hearing that way. Plenty. You of can. Military. Yeah, it's really? it's a miracle that he doesn't like uh lose it permanently in his good ear. But like I, because I've been at like gun ranges, and yeah, like if you don't have that hearing protection, god damn, that is painful. It's fucking. It's like as if he had one leg, and they just like kicked out the other leg. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. For his character, it's like they deafened him. Yeah. It's like a warning shot too. It's like don't fucking come after us. Right. You know. And it blew out his eardrum because it's like it's bleeding down his face and shit. Like, oh man. So I think this scene's pretty badass from this moment on. Like he gets up and. like his portrayal of like bleeding out and being in pain, not being, you get that muffled like sound of hearing where he dude from the, re- for the rest of the, of that Ooh. whole scene, you get that sound. Like that's, I fucking loved that. I thought it was awesome. I like how he leaves his squad car behind because one, his equilibrium is all fucked up. He can't drive. He can hardly yeah. walk. 
Right. So, like he's like leaves it behind and he just walks. He knows like, oh, they're going to take him back to Ray's probably, which is a good guess. And he walks all the way there without backup, walks while death bleeding up to Ray's house and has a firefight with Frank, Jack. And he can't hear. He gets it. I love the way it just plays out where he's walking up and, and Frank's like yelling at something. Yeah. You hear what he's saying, right? Right. He's saying, you dumb fuck. What are you doing here? Yeah. yeah, Go yeah. Home. I'm going to yeah. fucking shoot you. And he yeah, does. It's all, Gar, it's all Gar was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just read it off of like their lips. It's like, yeah. and it's like, blam. Like, you know, yeah. shoot the guy in so the fucking chest. It's like, oh, I mean, this is everything that I love about Westerns hap- is like, is in this scene. You know, it's just like the 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 lone gunman against. Well, yeah, he's the, the sheriff, guy. right? Cleaning up yeah. his. Oh yeah. He's been put down enough and fucking, you know, we we think he's down and out, but he's got one more like fucking fight in him. That's yeah, right. exactly. And it, this is this is brilliant filmmaking, and it's just I, I love great. this like this last stand that Freddie puts up, and then he that that he gets shot in the because uh, one of the guys he doesn't kill. Plasky. And the yeah, and the guy shoots him in the shoulder. It's like, oh shit, they're gonna get they're gonna get Freddy. Hit pretty good too. So he kills he he well he shoots Frank. Frank goes down. Yeah. He shoots fucking um Jack. Jack yep. comes out, he shoots Jack point blank in the fucking chest with his revolver because yep. his shotgun jams up. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's up on him. He drops it, pulls out another gun, and then he realizes he's smart enough to know that he could see through the mirror that like this Frank guy is still not he's not down all the way and he's about to shoot at me. So he like does this like kind of jump move? It's sloppy, but he fucking gets him. Oh, and yeah. yeah, he puts his shoulder. His his view's not. He can't see fucking the other guy on the side of the house, McCleskey mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, yeah, and that guy fucking clips him in the shoulder. Pretty good too, man. Yeah, and this is where like you know because we see that like earlier in the film that Bigsy is like he kind of like stops his car and he's like Fuck. And he turns around and goes yeah. back. The What's hero like, oh, shot at him. Yeah. Yeah. Bigsy's going to come back and, like, you know, kind of come to the rescue. And he does. That's, he does. And that's he, what, like, he shows up. He shoots Klasky. And so, like, there's a moment where I think you hear his car pull up, but it's muffled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, we don't see it, but there's a moment where I think it's in the audio just enough that you can cue into it if you know it's coming. And then, boom, the shot goes off right when, yeah. Ray, right when fucking Freddy needs him most. And, like, yep. Uh, and then they say it kind of saves the day a little bit. And I was just curious, like what you guys thought about him. Does it, how does it play out that like Ray turned his turnaround and saving the day? I'm uh, not Ray, but Ray Liotta's character. But like, I don't think it's like cheesy in the sense. Oh, like, it's, it's, it's not cheesy. Off. It's unbelievable. Uh, he is, he's kind of like the anti-hero, like uh, yeah. in, in this story. Like he's not, cause Fixie is not a bad guy. He's done bad things. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean that he's a bad person. And mm-hmm. he, he came back to protect his friend because he knew and, he was in over his head and it's like he, yeah. but he knew by doing that 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 puts him like yeah i'm probably i'm gonna go to jail by doing this yeah because at this point after this he has to face the music which i thought was admirable but that was but happens. protecting his friend was more important than saving his own ass which i i felt like he didn't have to do that at all and i i really dig that that's like that that the way that moment plays out is like freddie wasn't over his head and fucking ray I mean, Ray, I keep calling him Ray, fucking yeah. Gary figs, whatever, uh, shows up just at the right time and kind of saves the day. And then they shoot the glass with Ray out there. And but Ray doesn't get hit. And Freddie goes into the house, which is fucking you can't hear, man. Like you're at a yeah, pretty ballsy corners, bro. You're in this man's house. And so we find out that Ray's in there. He's got fucking the kid in the bedroom. He's about to go out the window. The wife's in there. And uh, what is it? Uh Gary distracts him just long enough 
as Freddy's coming in behind, uh, right? So it's like fucking Stallone goes in the room first, right? And then Freddy's going behind him. Yeah. But, uh, not Freddy, but um, sorry. Uh, um, Ray's going behind Freddy, but Freddy can't right. hear him. Right. That's in the, the room. Like, oh, there's the kid. Here's the wife. And then he hears the shot. Yeah. Because and that's what gets him to turn around yeah, and bury like the... Yeah. And he's fucking boom, shoots him in the chest. And I love that moment. There's a moment where fucking Ray's saying something. Harvey Keitel's saying something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stallone says, Freddie says, Ray, I'm, I can't hear anything you're yeah. saying. I can't hear you, Ray. can't hear you, Ray. can't hear you. And I just kind of love that whole, like, it's kind of like a fuck you, but it's like impromptu sort of like, I can't hear you, you fuck, because your guys fucking blew up my eardrums. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're dead now because you you fucked up, man. You you, you doubted me. Yeah. Fucking good. I think it's a great scene. It is. Yeah, I, this is it's so tense. It's so you're like you want you want um uh you want Freddie to win, but like you don't know if he's going to. Like it's it's not like where you're like, oh, of course Freddie's gonna win the day. We actually don't know. He's not like, that guy though. That's why we don't know if he can do it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because this is Freddie has never done anything like this in his life. But he's wanted so, to. Yeah, but he wanted to, and not necessarily he doesn't want to be the hero. But he wants to do something. He wants to affect someone's like he wants to do wants something to be on the force. Like, yeah, he wants yeah. to be one of the boys. Yeah. You know, just like we saw as a kid, like he saved fucking Liz. Like some people would have just stood there and called the cops like he jumped in. Yeah. He yeah. Went in there like that's the kind of guy he is. But, you know, because of the deafening and like losing his girl and like not getting on the force, he's kind of dulled him as far as a, as a person. You know what I mean? Like they made him not so confident in himself and you know he doubted himself and he allowed these guys to kind of push him around and i feel like that was a long scene too to have that like sound effect for the you know what i mean that's like a yeah i I feel like for like five to six minutes it's like you don't it's just like you truly just hear kind of like a ringing almost you know and i'm really glad that they did that though me too i I thought it was fucking awesome yeah i think it plays out really cool and it does like you said john I mean, um, Rob, it's it has like Western vibes to it, but a modern feel to it. And also they're in this town that's basically all cops mostly. So like, I don't know. It's like we're not worried about bystanders and nothing like that. Like, right. He's there. He's 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 hitting the guys that deserve to be killed. And I don't know. Uh, it's just in- I don't know. It's interesting to see that exchange of like this gunfight. Like you said, it's almost like the OK Corral or something. Yeah, it, that, yeah, that's another film I was thinking about. The shootout. Comes up with a shotgun. What is it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like all these like great westerns kind of rolled into this like kind of uh, new setting. Yeah, and I dig that. I, I think it works aesthetically for the film. I think it's a it's a small town kind of shootout, and it just goes like it's sloppy too. It's not like I like that it's sloppy, and mm-hmm. like alone would have yeah. they would have got the better out of him had, had uh, Gary not shown up, but Gary did oh, yeah. because. He's a good fucking guy. And then they they go in to see Mo, right? They travel all the way to the city with the kid. Like fucking Stallone, uh, Freddy should have went to the hospital, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You could tell like the wound, it went through. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. The collarbone. So like he's mostly okay, but he still needs attention. Like he's bleeding out. He's not well. But like I feel like he wants to see this thing through the end. You know? Yeah. To, I, I feel like there's a moment that we don't see in the movie where Ray Liotta's character is like, we need to get you to the hospital. He's like, no. We have to get the kid to Mo. That's yep. what's important. We'll do me later. Like, and yeah. I feel like we don't get to see that, but like, that's what it infers is like, you know, he just, he wouldn't give up. And we get that moment of him, like storming into the city in with Ray Liotta's help and they're carrying the kid and he's bleeding out. He can't hear. Right. 
kind of oh. consumed by all these police, which some of them are probably mad at him too. Oh, right? for sure. That's the vibe yeah. I got. When, yeah, because, and they're just a lot like, of those okay, people are going to It's okay. It's fine. They're just trying to fucking get through that line because for sure. I think there's even like, I think audibly you can hear somebody say, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I didn't show up on the subtitles, but I swear it's like you can hear that as they're going. They're just and they just keep repeating like, it's okay, it's fine. Because I guarantee some of the cops that were there were part of the 37 that, you know, were kind of involved in all this stuff. And because it wasn't just the the cops that we have in the movie, but there was a lot of other people that were going to get indicted too, based off of this, you know, guy going to IA. And there's probably a reason why they're outside that building at that moment too, maybe. Yeah. But I think it's a tremendous scene and I think it's tremendous for his character. Um, it's just like a, it's like a fucking rah-rah sort of scene. Yeah. Mm. Yes, Freddie, like get yours. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. you took these fuckers down and you fucking asserted yourself and yeah, you, you're beat to shit, but you know what? You fucking did it, bro. Yep. And I think it's tremendous. And I think like we get De Niro's character comes up and he's like, fucking, okay, okay, okay. Like he tries to, like diffuse the situation. Dude, I love that scene. Yeah, I love yeah. that part of the scene. Yeah. He like he tries to take him away. Him to me. He brought the kid this, to me. Like you did exactly is, what I thought you might do. Yeah, this right. is exactly what Mo Tilden wanted. Well, and on top like you you see the part where Mo goes to grab him and he's like pulling him away. Freddie won't let him. And Stallone like kind of snaps at him and is like, Ugh. and he's like, yeah, hey, it's me, dog. Not going to give him up till he okay. knows he's in good hands. Yeah, yeah. because he, like, be, uh, plus he's also, you know, he has no hearing at that moment. either. Exactly. So and he doesn't so he's like, you know, who the hell's grabbing him. Yep. And he, he trusts maybe Mo, right? He knows Mo's decent enough. He trusts Gary and that's yeah. it. And he knows that the kid is legit and that's it. And then, like you said, he's out of his element right now. He's fucking can't. Oh, yeah. Shot. He's bleeding out. He's not all there. Yeah. But he's trying to see it through to the end. And then I feel like at some point after this, he fucking just passes out. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like when the EMTs get there, he's just like, fucking hey, I'm going to bed now. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> My thing. But I just love the way it plays out. They're like the rest is in fucking, you know, God's hands or the court or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like I kind of dig. I, I don't know if I love the, the ending dialogue with De Niro plays a little cheesy where it's just like overlapped with this exposition of like the news reports and like what happened to Freddie and like Freddie hero cop that like, gets his hearing back. Like it kind of plays out cool. Like, I guess it's, yeah, that might be the only knock I have on the movie, but that, that's like really, uh, that's ticky. It's sort of law and order ish. It's like, and this time and the cops, get <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, and De Niro says this and then he talks like this, but well, and this was 97, right? Yeah. So, it was 97. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we see, we see after all that, it feels like the film's about to end, but we get another scene real quick and we see him after he's healed and he's overlooking the water under the bridge again, which is mm-hmm. we've seen that scene a couple times in the film now where he's kind of looked on his past and like where his life went. And he's normally like daydreaming. And he, so he's looking over the water. And then Deputy uh, Ge- Gaisler shows up again and comes to him for an accident call and he responds to it. And we see that he's still being a cop regardless of and he's on the call like uh, of whatever happened, like he's still he's OK with still being this small time cop. And he had this moment of where he made a difference and he makes a difference every day, even though it's small. Like he's you know, it's a it's a jackknife tra- trailer right on the fucking highway yeah. or whatever he's responding to. Yeah, but he's still there and he's still doing his thing. And I like to think and then it's like it's just the end. And I just like I don't know, like, how do you guys think? What do you guys think about the ending and like how it wraps up? Do you think it's like sloppy or clean or like? Some things are left in the air where like, I feel like that's how life is anyway. You know, I feel like this feels like a real scenario because yeah, like there, 
there's no reason to see like why why would he why would Freddie not be continue to be the sheriff? Yeah, it's not like they were like, oh, you did such a great job. You're a Secret Service now. Like, no, no, that would see that would have been cheesy. Like, you can't be a cop. Yeah. yeah. I thought the ending was, I thought it was great. I liked it a lot. It's like we're talking about. He came, it, everything has kind of come. He did what he wanted to do. He knew he wanted to step up, do something big. He takes down this, you know, super corrupt mob, mob ridden yeah, town. Cleans up his town. Right. Clean, cleans it up. And, you know, I almost think, uh, I almost think if he were to give, if he were given a choice, he probably would have chose to stay where he was at. I mean, he just cleaned he this town. Right, this is his like, area. Like he's like, yeah. no, nah, this is this is me, dog. This town. This is I did this. What this I know. My spot. Yep. I like that. I like that. I like that sentiment, John. I think because that's- he not only he cleaned up the town, and now he needs to stay there to protect it from you right. know from yep. corruption from yeah. anybody other. Yeah, more corruption coming in, and I'm sure he'll keep in contact with Mo and keep an eye and I. Maybe this town got. I don't know. Maybe maybe they moved the cops out of there at some point or whatever. It's possible um, that they did that. Yeah, you know, for the ones I do enjoy it. it. Makes me it, it makes me hopeful. Like I so like I want absolutely for this moment with Liz. Like I don't know that that ever happens, and I'm kind of glad that the film doesn't tell you. Yes, we can infer like hopefully maybe like Liz got over the death of Joey. Maybe she stays in town. Her and fucking um, Freddie maybe reconnect or whatever. Especially no. after like I would think that she wouldn't. She would come to Freddie's aid on the fact that, like, Freddie, you got shot. You took down these fucking corrupt cops. Like, she would definitely fucking come to him about that. And and there's and like, plus, it's like if you got the you got the people that were um, that caused my husband's death. Yeah, right. Which, yeah, which she was, you know, like kind of not believing at first, or like she was in denial of. Yeah, you know, want to admit that her husband might have been involved with some of this shit too. Which, mm. We don't really know how much it was because it seems like they were keeping him out of the, the loop of a lot of the dirty. Oh, stuff. for sure. He, he seemed like, like he was just, just the asshole. Yeah, he was an asshole husband, but yeah. he wasn't necessarily a corrupt cop. He was not. In, he was not in Ray's inner circle. I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah. They, yeah. They maybe thought that one day they'd get him in there. But and that's what I said. It. There's a lot of complexities to the environment. here. There are several cops. They're not all in Ray's circle. So they're all like aware that like maybe they're living through a loophole on this, you know, in this town, but maybe they're not all of it, like aware of the fact that the mob is like has them under the you know in their pocket, sort of. Right. So yeah. who knows exactly like when you sign the fucking forms for your mortgage, like for your house, like what you're like, hey, you know, fucking Ray Barboni's fucking on the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um no, but I do like the ending. I think it's it's not too clean and it's not too sloppy. I think it leaves enough up to like in my mind, the ending in my mind is that he does end up with Wayne. Like that's, that's kind of like my clean, hope, yeah. But like that's his girl, and she knows that, and like he's the one that will look after her for the rest of their lives. And like I feel like they deserve to be together now. Yeah, um, not like he killed her husband or anything like that. And I think yeah. I would love a world where like that's where he goes to after his day of being a small town cop, and you know maybe he. he he could be a dad to her kid or whatever. I don't know. Like, yeah, but I'm kind of glad that they don't show you that either. Cause that might just be too clean cut. Oh, you know? for sure. But yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's Copland. That's Copland. Uh, fucking good movie. Dude. Real good. Yeah. I dig it, man. Um, well, yeah. Heidelberg, you're, this is your movie. Why don't you, unless there's something else that we need to talk about it. Why don't we, uh, why don't you rate it, buddy? I think we're good here. I think we, I think we touched on everything that we need to touch on, on Copland. Um, yeah, I got some pros here. My review, uh, it's just an amazing cast. It's just bubbling over with too much cast. There's everyone and their mother is in this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and like you said, John, it's amazing that this isn't more. It's, it's, this is a movie that's not on enough people's radar. 
Definitely. It came out in 97. It came out. It's, a, it's not a Stallone banger. It's not Expendables. It's not fucking Cliffhanger. It's not. It's a lesser known film that like is why I picked it, you know, because yeah. this is what we're about here. I think we're about we're not necessarily grabbing blockbusters and throwing those up because everybody can see those. You know, most right. of us, we're, we're, we're going to cover more of these lesser known films that are gems, you know, like the uh-huh. new Jimbo's and the, the fucking, you know, the machetes. Well, machetes a little bit more known, but still like it's still a lesser known film to some people. And like, I think Copland fits nicely in there. And this is always a movie that just kind of, I remember seeing it the first time, just being blown away by like, fuck, this was like, I went into it thinking it wasn't going to be, and it was a lot better than I thought. And I think that's sort of like the, the great mind state to go into with this film is not necessarily don't let me hype it up or anything. Just go in it, enjoy it for what it is. And it's a good cop film. It does something different too. I think the writing and direction by Mangold was excellent. In my opinion, his second film, I wouldn't have known it. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It doesn't feel like his this second is film. Like and this is the film. cast he has. This is yeah. the, these are the people he's directing. The no, I actually want to watch his first film. It's like, man, he must've done a really no. fucking fantastic. Yeah. Job. That first movie, he must've smoked it's, that fucking and thing. And this script must've been fucking super crisp for people yeah. to just like read it and be like, yes, I'm on board. And he even yeah. said the way he casted it too. Ray Liotta wanted to be Stallone's character. Yeah. Oh, for that. And like he had, he turned Ray Liotta down. He was like, it, it, it was horrible to do. He said, but like, basically like, you're not, this is not who I want for this film. And yeah. he wanted he to cast wants- the film backwards almost. He said he didn't want to cast the main guy first because yeah. the main guy is not the guy that we should be focused. It shouldn't be a Tom Cruise or somebody where we know, right. which is he took a risk by getting Stallone because Stallone did have a reputation for being the superhero cop guy or whatever. Yeah, he was, he was actually like he he kind of at first resisted Stallone. It's like, I don't want yeah. that guy in my film because that's not I don't want to have like a super big name, name. as my main star. But I think Stallone won him over with like his dedication towards the role, you know, yeah, gaining the weight, changing his acting style, like learning to be more subdued and not be the leading man. Like those are things that Stallone had to kind of learn for this role. And I think uh, they they were beneficial towards his acting style just in general, as well as just like I think I couldn't picture somebody else really being cast like Ray Liotta is perfect in the character that he plays. Honestly, if he was playing Freddie, I don't think it would have. Much been, different film, yeah. Been a much different film, yeah. Totally different. Uh, speaking of fantastic, I know we mentioned the cast already, but like, can we give a round of applause? Like I said, for Stallone in this one, he's just fucking great, man. I really love his character, and I think Freddie and how understated he was in in comparison to what we we would usually have seen from Stallone in '97, like action heavy blockbusters. I think that sort of thing just I don't know. It just like works for me in this. I thought Stallone was he showed it some range here that we just hadn't really seen. And I don't think we've gotten it since. You, I think you're right. I think honestly, he kind of went back into you know being the action star. Cause look, these action movies that he's in, like when they they pay, you they're know, all, houses, I mean, don't get wrong. Like Copland's not exactly paying yeah. for this money, but it's a good film though. You do it because it's a good yeah. film. Yeah, As in Hollywood, right? You do one for them, two for you, or one for you. Or you do two for them, one for you. So you do the two major films and then you can do the artsy fartsy film for yourself so you can show that you're yeah. an actor like and this was that film for him and i i think more people should watch it and because i think stallone doesn't get enough of like good credit to, from people they think he's just an actor who plays action heavy roles and they don't realize that like he's a writer a director a producer. and i think people think that he's a dummy and he's not yeah i used to think he was a dummy i used to be one of those people in the 80s that was the all the comedians that did impersonation yeah. stallone. I don't know. 
Oh, and he went along with that too. But you know what? He yeah, was, he leaned into it. Yeah, yeah, he was cashing checks. So what the fuck did he care? Yeah, I also think just the entire cast is amazing. Amazing cast. Not everybody gets huge roles, like you said. Like there's there's soprano. Like E. Falco's in here. She's only in a small part. She's great. She's but, in the movie for maybe like four minutes. Yeah, Ray Liotta, amazing, amazing Ray Liotta role. Fucking Peter Berg, he's good. The girl, uh, woman who played Liz, I don't remember the actress's name, but she's really good. Uh, hold on, I hate forgetting actresses' names. Um, Annabella Scora, Scora, yeah, Italian too. I should. Skiora, Skiora, yeah, Skiora, yeah, that sounds more. Hey, Skiora, hey, <laughs> anyway. Annabella Skiora, hey, yeah. Annabella Skiora, <laughs> yeah. If I say it like that, it sounds like I can pronounce it better. There you go. Um, but you know, I just think like all overall, like the it's an amazing cast and everybody plays their roles really well. They're not all like playing the you know the the main role, but like Ray Liotta when he's on screen, fucking fantastic, kills it, kills it. I liked how the story wraps up too. Like we mentioned, I like that Gary coming back to help Freddie. I think and facing the music was the right thing to do, and I think that plays well for his character. He could have just went off, and we could have had a different film or whatever. Like even if he didn't come back, whatever. I like that he comes back and not only by coming back and helping Ray, does he help his friend, but he's also getting some redemption. He's going to face the music. Yeah. yeah. For what he's done as a cop and stolen drugs and like, and, 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 you know, he'll be better off probably for it, but he will do some time maybe, or who knows, like he'll lose his badge or whatever. He's going to get his fresh start that he wanted though. Yeah, he will. And so we don't know what he does with his life after that, but we know that he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so I do respect that for his character. He was wearing the same exact outfit like the entire movie. Right? Well, yeah, that like the silk same, fucking yeah. gray yeah. shirt. <laughs> that yeah. fucking tracksuit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Like that bowling shirt that like he always wears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck, he's so good in his role. Um, I do have a couple cons. There are some moments that drag a little in this. Uh, it's a small town story. I feel we could have gotten a little bit more of that to liven it up a little bit. Like we don't get a ton of town like time in the small town. Uh, yeah, so there's a longer film, too. So it's like, I don't know where you would have divvied up that time, to be honest. So um, we get the bar a lot, which is it just shows, you know, the cops. But we don't get to see like their families or anything like we could have had some small town stuff uh, like come alive in the film. Like maybe we see a night out on the town, like at dinner with the cops and their families or like a barbecue or something where we get to see some of these people and not just the cops. We see the cops a lot, but we don't see like. What are they protecting? Their families, their kids, their wives. If we saw the wives mixing it up a little bit, we would have gotten more of that like, oh, this is a cop town. I would have liked that. Maybe we would have felt a little bit more conflicted about what. Yeah, if we saw Liz interacting with Peter Berg at a barbecue and like the kids and like we saw Rose in the background, there was an exchange of looks between Rose and Peter Berg. Yeah. We could have done that. We could have had some other like characters show up with like, oh, we see that, like, oh, so, like, Jack's a fucking prick, but, like, we see that, like, oh, he's got, like, two meddling kids or whatever, like, we at least see what these cops are going to work every day for and why maybe they're corrupt because right. they're protecting their lifestyle and their house and their kids and their home and, like, so, like, we don't get a ton of that, so it's hard to, like, I guess it helps make the other cops seem like villains, but at the end of the day, like, they're, I don't know, in this town, I feel like everybody's connected in a sense where, like, Ray wouldn't just seem like an ultimate villain to everybody like he does no. to us as the audience and he does to Freddie. But like in this town, he's like the mayor. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like a hero. Yeah. So I wish we just got a little bit more of that, that connective tissue, maybe between like the families and how this town was like put together, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like um, uh, there's a lot of, like the town itself isn't established that much. Like we mentioned, like, how did it get established? Was it just Ray who set it up and like 
How much was the mob involved? We never get a sit down with the mob and Ray right. or anything like that. We never see anybody come into town besides fucking um, what's his name from The Sopranos, the PDA guy. Yeah, and Frank Vincent. We see photos of Ray shaking hands with the mob, but we never actually see the mob in town. That would have been a nice little add on. I don't know. I do think Janine Garofalo's character, too, just didn't do much. And I like her and I like her doing serious acting. I just kind of wish like she like they gave her character a little bit more to do. Yeah. Right? Like the way she quit, it was just kind of lame. And I don't like it just like it was weird. It was just sort of like, oh, I'm leaving. And she left. Yeah, I was telling John, I was like, I kind of would. I because I, the instance that we get like where Freddie allows her to be disrespected. I don't think that that was the first time that that had happened. And I don't think it was the last either. I think she had just had enough. No, I, I get that. So, but we don't, we don't, as an audience, we don't get to see that. And I think we should have yeah. gotten a little bit more of that. I think we got enough of her character. And then when we, when she does leave, it just didn't like, just didn't click with me. Like I get why she left, but at the same time, it just felt like random. Like her character just got up and left. And it also felt like sort of, it kind of made her character look like she was gutless. And I don't think she was. Right. I, think, I think she would have possibly picked up arms and gone out there with Freddie. Oh, yeah, for sure. You saw the show. Then Noah Emmerich's character, because she was just like, but she was like, I'm tired. Like, I'm not going to fight for this town when this town disrespected me and you didn't fucking. So I get that. She was like fed up. But like, I just think her character was sort of like not thought about enough. You know what I mean? Like it kind of added on and the rest of the characters felt a little bit more developed and hers could have been more because I like her, you know, and I wish her character got a little bit more time. Um, This might be her best role, too, even though she's in it for like 10 minutes. I mean, she's pretty good in it. Yeah. She's not like quippy like she normally is in a lot of her movies where like and I get that's her thing because she's a comedian. But it's nice to see her not be that in movies. Yeah, that's why I said I, I like her in this role. She's yeah. great. She just would, I would have liked more of her character. So like overall, it's a really good film, in my opinion. But it is missing that like certain something that makes a film a classic. Mm. I don't know what it is. I most times when I know a film's missing that certain something, I can never actually put my finger on what that thing is. But I you just know, know that it's missing something, right? And I don't know what it is because it's hard. This is well directed. It's well written. It's well acted. So I don't know what it's missing. But it obviously isn't a classic in some because most people haven't heard of it. Or know it's it. definitely a lighter, less known film for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so, like with that said. um, I just real quick, this is only our fourth episode, so I just want to reiterate what our our rating system is. Our rating scale is starting from best to worst is instant classic, buy it, rent it, watch the trailer, never, ever watch it. So um, with that said, I'm going to give Copland from 1997. I'm going to give it a buy it. This is a this is a guaranteed buy it. Yep. Mm. John, what about you? Me? Okay. let me break it down for you guys. I cannot believe that I did not know a Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, and Harvey Keitel film and just was completely oblivious to it. I uh, don't want to sound like a broken record, but I basically, Berg, everything you said, I could not have put a, a better sentence together with how you stated it. The, the cast, it's amazing. Uh, there's very rarely a character on the screen where you just are like, oh, that's an actor who I don't know. It seems like constant. Every person is, you know, him from this, you know, him from that, or you, you, you can associate him with something. Uh, we've already talked about the director. Uh, a lot of stuff. I really like the, the whole sound, the, the, the whole end sequence where you, you, you're hearing it as Freddie hears it. Uh, some of the, like, it just, it was, it was great. It, it was great. Everybody, there, there really wasn't a dull spot in the 
for me. Uh, I, I really don't have anything negative to say about it. Uh, even if you'd like it, trying to get nitpicky with it, every, everything just felt like it was where it was supposed to be. Uh, I, I usually, when we do these, I watch a movie once, you know, uh, I watch this, I watch this movie and then I watched it again. Yeah. I watched it twice also. And, and and normally I can't do that with movies unless it's unless it's something that really I really enjoy. Uh, similar to Yo Jimbo, for me this is an instant classic. Uh, Ooh, okay, nice, bro. I and I don't think there's a way you can argue that. I really don't. Like if you want to get into semantics and and you know try and pick this thing apart, you can do that with any fucking. Movie. I mean, but I you have like- an all star cast with great performances all around with great writing. Like it's, there's no, there's no reason more people shouldn't know about this movie. I feel that man. I do feel it. I almost feel like I undersell it by giving a buy it. Like I do, I could give it like a slash buy it slash instant classic, but yeah, no, I'm glad that that is an instant classic to you. I'm surprised by your, your review, but it's right on all points. Like it hits all those. I'm glad, I'm glad you loved it, John. This is, that's great. Uh, I, uh, for my review, I, I'm going to s- split the difference. You know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, buy it slash instant classic. It's like I said, there like, there's like little nitpicks here and there. It was like, I could have used a little bit more here, maybe a little bit less there, but it's not, it, it has nothing to do with the acting or the writing or the directing. I think everything was done purposely and it's done well. Uh, and like I said, I, I, uh, reiterate everything that Heidelberg and John said, I think it's, I, I have really nothing really wrong to say about the film. It, I, I, I watched it three times in preparation for the episode. Like, yeah, it's like I had never seen it before, but I loved it so much. I was like, oh, I want to get like the little details that be just because it really knocked me on my ass. And I was like, how did I not hear about this film back in 97? Word. Yeah, because yeah. like, this would have been a film that I, I would have absolutely loved back then. I would have gone to see this in theaters had I had I known about it. Um, my And I think my parents would have really liked it, too. And it's just, yeah, it's one of those films that, you know, we hear about like all the, you know, some of the great films that these uh, the actors that are in the film that they are in. We hear about those films all the time. But this just is how did this ensemble cast not get seen in this film? And, and there wonder, like, were there any nominations for this movie at the Oscars? I didn't see any. That's the thing. It's like, it was just kind of a film that like, like it, did, it did, well. It did very a- well. Uh, like, uh, it was a financial success. You know, push James Mangold like out there enough that he got all these other films after. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it was a financial success. Like it was a successful film, but it's not like a award worthy film for some reason, which is blows my mind. Film and it's been understated by like everybody. Now, 97 was a very good year for film. I mean, Titanic just kind of blew everything. Oh, out of man, that's weird. Never mind. Say no more. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Fucking Titanic. Yeah, Men in Black, Titanic, uh, yeah. yeah, like all there's other films that just kind of blew everything else I mean, out um, of the water. Yeah, Half-Bake. how high? Half-Bake. But when you when you go back <laughs> and you look, it's like you know, damn, ninety seven was a good year for films. Ninety nine yeah. was a great year for films, and so yeah, there's there's going to be films that are very good, but they kind of get lost in the the minutia. The, yeah, the minutia of like all these other you know films that were just such huge financial successes that beat comp copland in that in that regard um but yeah i like i said i think this film like i said it's very nitpicky things that i have mm-hmm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna split the difference between you guys it's you don't it's even a- have to you know what because i think i'm gonna up mine to 
slash class instant classic too okay well I, i'm 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 gonna stick with mine i'm at a instant classic slash buy it yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's the proper place uh that any any lower than that just doesn't like that's no no no, no. it's just it, this film is too good I forgot that we even can split the difference. So like, I, I think, I think I owe it to split the difference too, because I do think it's, it's quite the class. Like I said, like it's, it seems like it's might be missing that one thing that makes it an instant classic to everybody. But mm-hmm. uh, you know what? Like we know about it. And to me, it is a movie that like, that's why I recommended it here. It's one of those films where like people are going to, Oh, you want to see a good movie that you probably haven't seen. Have you ever seen Copland? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna buy this film. That that's how like that for me. Like I'm gonna add this to my physical collection at some point because I really like this film. All right, so that's Copland. Pretty favorable. Dig it. I'm glad that I could introduce that to you guys and expand your cinematic horizons. (laughs) Dog, you know you know how I know it worked too, Berg. Just like for me, uh, this is now going to be a movie in my rotation that I will suggest to people. Like this is something like when you when you meet somebody new or, or when you start talking to somebody else about film mm-hmm. and you, you have that that moment when you when you become friends with someone or you're, or you're getting to know somebody and you find out that they're into into film as well. Right. Where you just start naming shit off. Like, have yeah. you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen, I, I, and and you kind of start to gauge where you guys land uh, as far as what what you can compare and, and yeah. be like, oh, we're both into this or that. And to, to me, this falls right in line perfectly. Like this would be up there with the town heat. Yeah. Like Copland. This is a nice pull too, because you can be like, you can kind of show off that, you know, a little something about film. Like, Hey, I like Copland. Do you like that? And you can, right. maybe they don't know about it, but they're into film. So you'd be like, Oh, you don't know this film. You should check it out. Like, let me just come back to me in a week or two after you watch it. I want yeah. to think. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I like the fact that, cause that explains what our podcast is about, right? Like, when you do meet people and and guys, we do this a lot, right? Like when you meet another guy, you kind of movies like whatever. And like, that's just something that you can easily kind of fit like what this person's about somewhat a little bit. Obviously, it doesn't speak on their entire character, but right. Can, oh, those are the kind of films you're into. Like, oh, OK, OK, like I get it. I get I get I get your guy. Like what kind of type you are. You know what I mean? I understand you like these films. OK, but it speaks on like a lot about your character and the things you're into and maybe how you were raised and. Uh, not everybody's into film, but they like movies. You know, they like the movies and they. Right. They, so this is a cool one to kind of stick in someone's lexicon. Be like, yo, check out Copland, man. Yeah. yeah. Even if, even, if you're not a, even if you're not a cinephile, I think this is just a good film to just enjoy. Like this is yeah. a good you could you could just be exactly. a regular film goer. Good movie. You, you, have some with your wife. you watched it with your wife, right, Rob? Yes, I did. Yeah. And she she really liked it. She loved it. Yeah. So like I, like, I take that about this film. Like it's that. She loved that. I was like, I don't know how to who to trust other than our main character. Exactly. <laughs> and he doesn't either. And that's a good film when you can kind of get in the seat of and this film's good at like you can kind of just like relax and just watch it. Like let, let it wash over you and just right. absorb it. Characters and then like the intrigue of like, well, what what exactly is on here? Like, how is yeah. this gonna play out? Because like you said, John, like it plays out. There's moments where you just think, like, oh, I think I know how it's gonna play, and then it doesn't play out that way. Yeah. Though. I dig that for this film and I'm happy that we enjoyed it and it created, I had a good time talking to you guys about this actually. Yeah. Great suggestion. Uh, Heidelberg. Thank you. Uh, next week, John, that's your pick, right? Hey, you next week. What do you have planned for pick. us, buddy? We are going to be watching a little film called murder by death. 
1976. It's an oldie. Uh, uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about it once we bring it up. But the main reason uh, is this is something that I used to watch with my uh, grandfather-in-law. We didn't have a lot in common, but he loved this film. And so it's... Comedy crime thriller. Yeah, dude, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a... I don't know if I've seen it, but I'm aware of it. Once I saw the, like, the market, like, the poster, I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. remember this film. So once I watch it, I don't know if I've seen it or not. I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. But I was getting clue vibes just so totally. Yeah, it's like a Dude, it's awesome. sort of murder mystery in a house, like right. Yeah, so yep. I could, it looks it's like it a looks comedy good. clue. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it looks very. It looks Monty Python ish. Sort of exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm ready for this. This this is sort of like our first comedy comedy. So uh, like film. I mean, I guess Machete has some comedic. Yeah. yeah. He, does. he doesn't text. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be fun. Uh, conversation. I'm gonna watch that this weekend. Actually, awesome. Yeah, you know I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited. I had to rent it on Amazon. Oh, you did? Okay. So I'll either rent it on Amazon or I might uh, go down to the dark web. There you go. I don't condone that. Uh, anyway, uh, so w- we here at Cinemigos, we also have other projects that we work on. Uh, we all met through other means of podcasting or gaming or whatever. Um, so I have a podcast. It's called The Cut Above Horror Review, and we review and rate horror movies each week similar to what we're doing here um i have a co-host john and jacqueline um and we have a great show you should check us out if you want to check us out on instagram it's a cut above uh one word dot horror underscore review um on twitter you can catch us at cut above horror and anywhere you listen to podcasts you can find us on any of those uh, podcast launching apps john where can the listeners find you when you're not on cinema oh me well, I can be found at twitch.television slash kinetic underscore onslaught. I do not doing? have uh, uh, any other podcasts that I do, uh, but I play a shit ton of retro video games. Yeah, you do. Uh, been crushing a lot of them. It's a good time, dude. It's fun. Come on by. Like I said, well, I just, you know, occasionally we talk about movies. We talk about everything, video it's games. A fun watch and aired out. Just watching somebody play classic video games in like 2023 is just. Those are tough games, man. Oh, dude, they yeah. are gaming hard-ish. in general from back in the day was just it was a different <laughs> you're a different breed if you can play those kind of games and complete them. Some of them are just really fucking. Yeah, that's the part of the allure to me. You know what I mean? Like it's like there's learning the patterns, learning how like exactly. What, yeah. There's no there's no cheating. There's no like difficulty setting. That shit is just fucking get good. Like. Yep. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's why people like the Dark Souls, uh, the Souls-like game. Yeah, yep, exactly. That brings back that sort of gameplay. Yep. Like, hey, here's your world. Go about it, but we're not going to tell you what to do. Yeah. And if you die, it's going to be fucking harsh. And you're yeah. Gonna all your stuff. You're going right back to the fucking beginning. Yep. Well, that's awesome. And everybody should check out Kinetic Onslaught on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, all socials, it's the same, at Kinetic underscore onslaught everywhere if you want to hear him on, on on other podcasts check out waxing the porpoise uh several i have been on waxing bond episodes wax the porpoise friend of the show good uh, guys good guys speaking of podcasts rob you also have a podcast i do uh circle of jerks podcast on youtube getting close to that hundred hundred subscriber mark so nice. yeah we're That's actually getting real, on youtube yeah getting real close on there uh, if you want to reach out to us on other social media uh, platforms, we are on Instagram, Circle of Jerks Podcast, and Twitter, at Podcast COJ. And uh, if you want to just talk to me 
about movies, you know, just, you just want to reach out to me. I am at Robo Race. Nice. If you want to reach out to us, the Cinemigos, you can reach us on Instagram at Cinemigos, one word, underscore podcast. And on Twitter, we are at Trace Cinemigos, T-R-E-S Cinemigos. And Copland was a great time, guys. I'm glad we got this chance to discuss this film and I got to show it to you guys and I enjoyed the conversation we had. And I hope the listeners go and if they haven't yet, watch the movie. It's a good watch. And so I'll sign us off tonight with the case is closed. Finished. Over. Go to lunch. Go to lunch. Go to lunch. The case is closed, everybody. Get the fuck out of here. your badges badges we ain't got no badges we don't need no badges i don't have to show you any stinking badges <laughs> <laughs>